I'm Mike. And I'm Allison. We've both been guests on We Are Movies before. We love talking movies with Johnny. But I'm a jealous boy. You are. That's why we've decided to talk movies with, with each, each other. other. We started our own podcast called You, you Made, made me, me Watch. Each week we make each other watch a movie the other has never seen. You Made Me Watch. New episodes every Friday. Brayden Cooley. Hey, Johnny. What's up? <laughs> Good. I like, I like how you said that as if you didn't notice me here. <laughs> oh, hey. I didn't, I didn't see you here. Oh, wow. I just happened to be also recording this podcast at the same time. Yeah, hey, do you want to do like an over an hour long podcast right now? Oh, sure. What do, do you want to talk about? Like, um, I've just watched all of the Final Destination movies again. Really? You know what? What's funny about that is yeah. I actually also just watched all the Final Destination movies. That is why. And I happened to take notes on all of them, You too. took notes? Yeah. Wow. Just for whatever reason. You know, yeah, just, that's, just, that's cool. I felt like it. It sounds know. like you're prepared for a very in-depth podcast. Uh, surprisingly, yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Because uh, I prepared nothing. Uh, I see. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, out of all the things I do, um, you know, carving pumpkins and uh, drinking cider and stuff, like, like my my new favorite October tradition is talking about a horror movie franchise with you at length. That's a yeah no I, I I have to agree I didn't realize that it would be a tradition that uh, I would uh, me neither that I would start in my life ever um, <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't realize we were going to start a podcast when you started right. a podcast so I was like oh cool so we yeah we last year we talked about the Saw films mm-hmm. which we both have a, a fiery passion for oh for sure I think for sure um, this year uh, as the last uh, episode of Spooky Season to, I. Um, we we decided to talk about I guess our second favorite horror franchise maybe out of our shared love out of our franchise. shared love for them yeah yeah we, like I, I know we we appreciate some other things separately um, but yeah I, I I love these movies would you I would say that? I would safely say I also love <laughs> these movies I I don't think I would have agreed to watch all of them and take notes on them and do a podcast <laughs> if I didn't love these movies <laughs> right of course but uh, yeah, yeah. No, yes yeah, so we're talking about the Final Destination franchise um, and I will boldly say at this point. This is maybe the only movie franchise I'm willing to see go on forever. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I could not imagine this running out of steam if if they kept actually putting effort into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, just, it would never get old. You know? Yeah, um, I mean that's what I, I thought about that too after I watched the last one, um, Final Destination Five, um, because they ended that in such a way where it seems like maybe there won't be another one. But I'm right. really hoping there there will be because. There's not enough. Honestly, there's not enough Final Destination oh, movies. Definitely not. Um, I mean, sim- I, I think we could definitely get like a Jigsaw-esque uh, soft reboot you yeah. know, down the line. Um, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, even though there is finality to the fifth movie, it's like, there's never finale. Like, there's this, never really a finale. This is a yeah. franchise that's also like, the continuity doesn't matter. Like, oh, it's, no. You know, you're, sure. no, no. you're never going <laughs> to lose assets. Like, Mission Impossible, eventually you're not going to have Tom Cruise. Uh, true, that's true. But you're always going to have the ability to conjure up horrible, gruesome, terrifying death scenes. Exactly, with questionable plot um, and uh, <laughs> characters. Yeah, and, uh, you know, writing and stuff. So, yeah. So, I first want to know what what when was the first time you saw Final Destination? I'm assuming you saw the first one first. Oh yeah, no, I did. Yeah. Um, I saw the first one first. So, um, the first time I saw Final Destination was in a period of my life where. 
Um, I had access to um, Comcast Infinity's on-demand service, where they had a lot of different, uh, you know, free movies that you could watch anytime. And they had mm-hmm. it was kind of like a Netflix thing where they would like take some off and put some on, whatever. Sure. Every now and then. Um, and, um, I would just get bored and just scroll through and see what was on there. And I think at one point I saw Final Destination was on there and I was like, I've heard of these movies. At this point I had already watched, um, the first Saw movie, I believe. Um, and even the first Leprechaun movie, I think. I oh. think this is also, this is also when I watched all the, the classics. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> I that, made that, you watch the Leprechaun You did. Movies. You made me watch all the first <laughs> one. Cause I watched the first one and then you got so excited that you yeah. gave me all the rest of them and you were like, here, watch them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, to those listening at home, you will eventually hear us talk about the Leprechaun. We will movies. at some point. Uh, probably a, the next St. Patty's Day. I, we should definitely. God was, willing, yeah. it will be the next, so we can get that over with. <laughs> we can get I, those movies out of my uh, life. Yeah. I, I'm not excited to revisit those. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so it was it's those kinds of movies, honestly, the kind of uh either really bad or just kind of meh like horror mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that, like that not, not a lot of people really heard of. Um so that's when I finally uh, that's when I watched Found Destination for the first time and that was probably oh, I don't know, like 5 or 6 years ago, I'd say. Um yeah, we cinephiles refer to what you're talking about as schlock. Uh Yeah. <laughs> that like when it's and I think schlock, what's interesting about the word schlock is it can mean something that's good and bad, True. you know? Like, we were just talking about Blood Feast off-air. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. a movie I've watched that is pure schlock. And I think on technical levels, everything, I think it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, the Final Destination movies are pretty well made. They're very competent. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. And I don't think these are examples of somebody doing their job incorrectly. I think everybody who makes these movies, uh, the good ones, the better ones of the series, are doing their jobs right. Yeah, you know? and something that I um, I tend to judge movies on, or at least I try to judge movies on, is what is is if the movie um, accomplished what it set out to do. Mm. Which, for these movies, I feel like pretty much all of them. Oh, um, yeah. Definitely. Definitely uh, accomplished that goal. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so, let's get into the first of Final Destination. All right. Uh, which is uh, directed by James Wong. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be confused with... Uh, James Wan. But yeah, yeah. Maybe a, maybe a slightly more prolific <laughs> horror filmmaker, James Yeah, Wong. It's, he's, definitely a, he's definitely more... I mean, he did, uh, you know, the Conjuring series. Yeah. Um, those movies. Insidious. Um, Insidious. Saw. Saw. Oh, or, yeah, yeah last sure. year's film. Um, but, uh, James Wong, I think, uh, he deserves more time in the sun. And, uh, this movie, I think he, he co-wrote, um, with a couple other people, originally meant to be an episode of, um, was it the Twilight Zone? I believe it was. Yeah. I believe it was originally, the, the idea for it was originally written to be, like, a short, like, episode or like short like movie or whatever right 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 yeah um, i think it was supposed to be for the twilight zone yeah um which um, would have fit definitely yeah well the, it feels like an episode of the it twilight does zone. it feels um, like a very long episode yeah and i mean this is it definitely i mean this movie came out in 2000 mm-hmm. um so this was during that 90s 2000s early 2000s uh teen horror movie that is about that where every poster is all of the teen actors just lined up on the poster yeah so you can see who's in the movie like that was a weird because i guess scream kicked that off yeah um but what all the scream ripoffs never got that scream was was that scream was you know an ironic satire of sorts and then a lot of the movies like i know what you did last summer um 
and various other films after that that kind of used the same marketing tools. They were just slasher movies. They were mm-hmm. just kind of your basic slasher movies. Um, and so Final Destination, you look at the poster for it, it's similar. You get your your, your teen, technically 20, 20-something-year-old actors just mm-hmm. lined up on the front. Right. Uh, but this is something super special. I think Yeah, it, it's technically a slasher movie. It technically is. I mean, I feel like I watched the... Um, it's funny. I watched all of the um, trailers for all of the movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, in the special features, you know, whenever I watched the, yeah, the, tr- the trailers for, um, you know, for when they were in the theaters and stuff like that and uh i could definitely tell if like people would get like a slasher movie kind of vibe from these like expecting that when they go into these movies yeah um which i mean that's something that honestly i would have liked to experience is expecting like a typical slasher movie and then gone to see this in theaters and it's again it's it's technically kind of a slasher movie but it's it definitely defies expectations if you're expecting a slasher or straight straight up like, yes. slasher movie and i would even argue this might be the only final destination film that's actually kind of a horror movie yeah <laughs> like they're all technically horror but this is the only one that i think is actually trying to scare you a little bit yeah because it definitely is a little more serious it doesn't take as much glee in the death as the rest of the movies do right um and I mean, because so it starts off. There's a, it's it's a plane explosion. It's a bunch of students. Yeah, um, well, I mean, we're introduced to the our main character Alex. Yes, um, played by uh, Devon Sawa. Uh, Devin. Devin Sawa. Yes, I'm not. It's not. I'm sure you know how to pronounce his name, you people at home. Right. Who, who yeah. doesn't know how to pronounce Devin Sawa? Devin. Devon. Yeah, Sawa. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. But yeah, yeah, no, it starts uh, yeah. introducing him. Yes, it's just this is him, and you know, just kind of like your typical like oh teenager kind of end of the year like senior year going on a field trip to Paris with his friends and classmates, or whatever, and mm. um, uh, slowly introduces these characters one by one when we get to the airport, and this is um, this beginning scene. Uh, introduces what every other movie has done so far which is before the premonition scene kind of has these um almost uh like foreshadowing like uh, uncanny moments right like ominous kind of like yeah. uh you see like a some something is ripped out of a newspaper or, like the wind blows mysteriously or yeah. you just kind of like the like main character he starts seeing all this weird stuff and he just kind of like dismisses it he's like whatever i'm just going on this john topic. denver plays at the airport i remember mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's pretty easy to make john denver creepy yeah he know. looks at the main character alex looks at um uh like the board where all like the you can see the the like the planes where they're taking off and coming yeah. back, whatever, and this is, you know, it zooms in on the word terminal and he, like, gets all freaked out. Right. Um, um, which I feel like a lot of this stuff is kind of forced on you. It's kind of like, ooh, this this is supposed to be scary now, you know, it kind of, like, makes you look at little things as, like, ooh, it's all ominous. Like, you wouldn't usually right. look at, like, the word terminal and, like, at an airport and be like, oh, I like terminal, like, death, you know, right. like, you just kind of think, oh. Although he already is kind of a jumpy sort That's of That's true. Uh, he is a very jumpy guy. guy. Yeah. And uh, it, also, the, early in the movie is one of my favorite uh, comedy cuts which is uh one guy it's his buddy telling him that they should take a poop before they get on the plane because they're gonna be sitting by girls and stuff (laughs) and then it just hard cuts the two of them in the bathroom stalls like like, um but yeah no i i i I like i like his character and i like really how this movie approaches the because even though it's the teen cast it's not like a cringy like you know, everyone is a typical stock character of a slasher movie. Like there right. kind of is. There's the bully douchebag guy. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's 
much tamer. It's a little more watered down than what you would expect in this kind of movie. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely point them out, though. There's, like, the main guy, um, and then there's, like, the kind of love interest, sort of. Right. Um, she never becomes a full love interest. But. No, uh, she doesn't, but um, that's actually something that um, was explored um, in deleted scene. Like, that they originally did explore, like, a love uh, thing between she clear... She was pregnant at one point, right? Is that... Yeah, yeah there was a whole storyline that they cut out of the movie where she where they have um they have like sex on this like beach thing yeah uh it doesn't show like this the is the main happening. character with uh ali larder's character clear, clear river Rivers. clear who is Rivers. also a strange person it's kind a of strange an outcast person, but the name fits yeah yeah you, uh, you're not gonna meet anyone named clear rivers first right. name clear but she's 100 percent the person i would expect exactly if her name was clear Rivers. right so they had um, sex on a beach but yeah there's this whole like yeah there's this whole storyline that was cut out of the movie that was originally in where um they have sex on the beach and then there's like this little short scene where you see her in her house and mm. she's uh, she does a pregnancy test and it's, you see that she's pregnant. Um, and then um, another scene after um, after the end where Alex actually originally dies mm. um, when he's trying to save Clear. Skipping forward to the end here of the movie, but um, at the the actual end of the movie is where he like goes to like save her from dying. There's this like whole dramatic scene where there's like flying electrical wires you yeah. know there's the car goes on fire she's it's like wild. stuck in everything um he gets blown back from the car exploding but it turns out he's fine in the original cut he actually died in that she's grieving it cuts to um um well you know like nine months later or whatever when um she's having the baby and she's like remembering him she names the baby actually i'm pretty sure she names the baby um Alex, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Or at least the middle name Alex or something like that. But anyway, um, yeah, so there's this whole... It was, it was really weird. I was watching, like, the deleted scenes, and also, like, they were talking about it in, like, the the uh, bonus features and stuff like that. It was kind of... It was very, very strange. Yeah. I'm glad they cut it out. Oh, it was I was going to say, too. Yeah. It was weird. Well, coming to, to my point about how I like that these characters aren't cliches yeah it'd be straight it'd be very teen movie just to have them have sex during over the course of what's like a few days and uh and a very dire situation right (laughs) you know like right um and that's that always just kind of grinds my gears in these kinds of movies i'm like don't stop why are you stopping to have sex there are important things (laughs) right (laughs) yeah happening so that is yeah that is a good thing it does it does hint at like sort of like a love thing going on between them there's tension there's like some tension yeah Yeah. but for the most part yeah no i'm glad that they cut out that actual just straight up yeah we're gonna have sex and i'm gonna have a baby from it at the same time you can i mean you don't it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual tension you can look at it as just that they have a connection and that they're both a little more observant than other people. There's actually they're both special. There's a specific part in the movie which actually takes place during it, like it, it's intercut with the scenes of the first like um, death, death, like mm. the first like one that death actually like makes right. happen, which is his buddy, right? His buddy Todd, Todd. He's the first one to die. Yeah, um, yeah. but. Um, We'll get into that in a second, but um, yeah, it's intercut with the scene of him dying, where where they're talking, Clear and Alex are talking, and Clear is saying that she feels some sort of like connection with him. She kind of mm. feels like what he's feeling, um, and you know, throughout this whole thing, he just keeps on seeing these signs of death, and he's feeling very uneasy um, after the accident. He just feels guilty and all this stuff. So she's saying that she feels kind of this like personal connection with him, which kind of yeah, again hints at like a, a, a like a love thing going on between them, right? Um, 
Because, yeah, this whole thing is kicked off. They're supposed to go to France, and right. then the plane explosion happens. And, and that's after uh, Alex has this premonition, which kind of sets up what the format for all of these movies going forward Oh, yeah. Some character, for some reason, has a premonition of what's going to happen and how everyone's going to die. They get out of it. A few select people get out of it, too. So our like main people that survive the crash are we get Alex, uh, we get Clear, um there's the bully carter yep, carter right uh valerie who's carter's girlfriend nope no no no, no, no. sorry valerie's the teacher yeah valerie Luton Luton teacher. is a teacher yep. his girlfriend is terry terry yeah, yeah yeah um and then uh sean william scott as billy uh yeah as the uh, typical kind of dumb like stoner stoner dude right kind of, right uh character which was this was post-american pie where he yeah. was um stifler which is his iconic character right and so it is a little bit once you see him you just kind of expect him to be a stifler character yeah but he's not he's actually kind of nice a little bit like he's he's like a dumb guy but he's kind of like yeah no he's a sweet dude he's yeah. you know he's uh he's he believes them when they're telling them all the stuff about you know mm-hmm. death's plan and what's going on and he's like trying to help and stuff so um he's a good guy um and then todd is a friend of alex um he actually has a brother named george uh george stays behind on the plane when they right. leave when yeah. when alex freaks out and makes a bunch of people leave because george tells todd right to... george says hey todd can you go make sure he's okay yeah. and so todd leaves george stays and unfortunately the plane crashes and which then... puts this shadow of guilt over mm-hmm. the movie which a lot of the later movies don't have and that's part of what i think makes the movie darker yeah it's also just a visually darker movie mm-hmm. uh does a lot with shadows a lot of it's at nighttime um but then also once uh todd dies in this horrific scene <laughs> oh <laughs> where, yeah uh he slips in the bathroom and i love it kind of introduces all the little like um uh, the red herrings, which get a little bit more yeah um, obvious. Later yeah, it introduces on. this idea of um, that. Yeah, they they use for almost all the deaths, or at least most of them, throughout all, this whole franchise. Um, which kind of where it shows you like you know it has like a pool of water and there's like an electric wire touching it, so it's like oh maybe he's gonna get electrocuted or like you right. see like a a pair of scissors that he's using to clip his nose, like oh maybe something's gonna hit his arm, and he's gonna like stab himself in the brain or something like that, you know, right. all this different stuff that it like hints to. It's like oh maybe that's how he's gonna die or this is how he's gonna die or like this sort of thing. So it kind of like builds the anxiety and then it's something completely different than what you were expecting. That's part of why I think these movies must have been. I never got to see any of them in theaters. No, me neither. But this must have been an incredible theater experience yeah like people just going oh, oh, oh like they think it's gonna be one thing For but sure. it's not um and but yeah no he ends up slipping and then it's like a clothesline there's like right? a very thin clothesline that yeah. you use to like hang up a towel or clothes right. or something like that and that's like in this bathtub or the shower and he slips and it he falls it wraps around his neck yeah and he it just strangles him yeah and, the, and he's like laying in the tub and you get you see him suffer and his eyes yeah. turn red and his face gets all purple yeah and like sunken and like you can see him losing breath you can see him like clawing at his neck trying to like get it yeah. off and everything it's, it's horrifying it's upsetting it's upsetting yeah it's disturbing yeah and, and, and this is definitely uh, the first of many disturbing deaths in the series right um, right but, but i'd say maybe th- the most disturbing in terms of like i'm not really enjoying it i'm actually upset by it right um whereas like later on they kind of happen and you kind of want to cheer <laughs> yeah you're kind of like yeah you're kind of like waiting like oh what's gonna happen right, right there are a few exceptions to that um which i'll get into yes later, yeah but um but and then that also casts a depressing feeling over the rest of the movie because there's suspicion that he might have done it to himself Right. Well, among the parents, because he was depressed because of his brother. And that's also just, suicide is just, like, not a fun thing. Particularly yeah. suicide among young people. So, that's 
depressing. And right, that, and that's yeah. a thing that they touch on more in this movie than they do in any other movie. Like, I think there's a couple of deaths in the other movies where they're like, yeah, we're just gonna say it was suicide because that's what it looks like. But in this one, they really touch on the fact that, like, this character was was depressed. Yeah. He probably committed suicide because he feels bad for his brother dying in the plane and all this stuff. And it really, yeah, it really makes the movie very dark and depressing. And that's not long point. after he talks to, at the school memorial for all the lives that were lost. Mm-hmm. He talks to Alex and he's just like, hey, you know, we're gonna go on that road trip to the city later. So that makes it even more sad because they're mm-hmm. working on maybe like rekindling their friendship and trying to you know right. rebuild, um, and so yeah, that's rough. Um, and then also, I mean, maybe one of the most important things about this movie, the entire franchise, is we get uh, the introduction of Bloodworth. Oh uh, yes, played by the great Tony Todd. Tony Todd, also known as Candyman. For yes, you guys have seen those movies. I um, recently raved about him on a minisode about Candyman. Yeah. Um, who has a pretty like he's considered kind of the face of the series uh he doesn't have a huge he's in one scene in this movie it's a cameo yeah uh, pretty much uh but he's a he's a mortician right Mm -hmm. and um they end up uh yeah they end up encountering him and he's a strange guy but he basically he's there to kind of exposit what death is yeah and the fact that death doesn't want to be cheated um, which, you know, take a shot every time in one of these movies someone says something about cheating death. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll be drunk by the end of the first movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so he explains that basically since they... He, he kind of explains it in his own sort of cryptic way, but he's basically saying that uh, when the the plane crash happened and those people survived, they weren't meant to survive, so death is now trying to reclaim their lives. Right, death kind of has a new plan for how they're going to die and if, right. if it's in all these very strange Rube Goldberg kind of ways. <laughs> right. Um, very creative. I love this scene in particular, like as a Bloodworth scene, um, because I wrote this down. Bloodworth has a quote, which is really, really funny to me. And the quote is this: um, "Well, because he's so he's saying, um, you know, he's saying that yeah, death has a new plan." And then uh, Alex and Clear are talking about like, "Oh, um, is there a way we can maybe like skip someone?" Or like they're talking about like another way they can like cheat this new plan that death has, mm-hmm. and. Um, and Bloodworth says, but beware the risk of cheating the plan, disrespecting the design. It could initiate a horrifying fury that would terrorize even the Grim Reaper, and you don't even want to fuck with that, Mac Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he says it in Tony Todd. He says it in his Tony Todd way. It's very voice. creepy and like deep, and it's it's amazing. It's just like, him saying, "You don't want to fuck with that, Mac Daddy." That, that like, Mac Daddy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. I just that's one of my favorite lines from the whole. That's one of those. It's that's one of those lines where it almost seems like there's very strange like comedic moments in this yeah. movie. Like, and that's one of them I think where it's like very serious and ominous, and then he just says "Mac Daddy" in his like voice, and yeah, I'm just like, man, <laughs> I love Tony Todd. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's where like he brings so much to it it's like oh, yeah. you have this character that's essentially there to deliver exposition and if you just get like the right actor with the right amount of gravitas uh and and i i would not be surprised if he just made up the mac daddy line <laughs> uh like you see interviews with tony todd he's a fun guy I think oh he, yeah I mean, <laughs> he knew what he was doing uh, and then it ends on that great kind of campy moment with it uh they walk away and it dollies in on him going I'll see you soon, right? Oh yeah, no, that becomes a thing. Like in the in the whole rest of the movie, they reference that. They uh, reference that the later. Third one, yeah. In the third one, yep. Um, I'll so, see you soon. but yeah, that's a great moment. And um, I mean, do you have a favorite death in this movie that stands out to you? Um, in this movie, um, my a favorite death. I'm trying to think of all the death. Oh, my favorite death in this movie has got to be um, the. Um, the death of Sean William Scott's character. <laughs> the because, Yeah, because, well, at this point, so 
at this point, um, Terry has already died. Because yeah. after the the Bloodworth scene, they're, like, meeting up, like, outside this, like, restaurant or right. whatever. Right. And Terry gets, like, they're trying to explain, like, what's happening. And um, Terry, as Carter's girlfriend, gets all, like, mad and, like, confused. And she she starts walking across the street. And she said, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she has this whole thing where she's just going off on them. Mm. And she's talking to Carter and she says, you can just drop fucking dead. And right as she says that, a bus zooms by and right. just splatters her all over the pavement. Which is definitely, it, it, I would be shocked if it wasn't meant to be played comedically. Oh yeah, no, that was definitely another like weird comedic moment where it was like shocking, but I was also like, right. it, like made me like laugh and gasp at the same time. The I first will, time I saw it. Okay. I will attest to the fact that people getting hit by buses in movies is never not funny oh yeah no for sure. <laughs> especially the 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 out of nowhere bus that you get yeah because <laughs> like there's a youtube video that's like a compilation of people getting hit by buses in movies mm-hmm. and somebody commented <laughs> i can't tell which ones of these are comedies or not because <laughs> it's just always funny the abruptness of it but then you can also get like a little bit of her blood splashes on their face oh too, yeah and it's kind of like sure. ah that's awesome that's probably a close second as far as um deaths go in right. this movie that's but- also after valerie's death the teacher Oh yeah, yeah, Valerie's death as In well. House, that which one is, is full of red herrings. Oh yeah, a that one's a, that one's a great one where she's like pouring herself, trying to get tea, and then she freaks out and dumps it out, and yeah. then she ends up pouring herself just a just vodka, just straight up vodka glass of it. And, <laughs> you know, water drips everywhere. You think she's gonna like, get electrocuted right, at one exactly. point? And, yeah. Um, and then the way she dies—that's probably one of the most like Rube Goldberg like deaths in, especially right. in this movie—is um, her death, which is just it's just one thing after another, and it's not just one thing that kills her either. It's like she gets stabbed, and then she gets. The final thing is the stabbing. The final yeah. thing is the stabbing. It's right, like the entire like... thing happens to end up with her on the ground, reaching up for this uh, this rag that's on right, top that's of on a knife her... block. Yeah, yep. And when she grabs it, it falls, and a knife just plants itself right in her chest. Which, like, I know that's like really like unrealistic that that would like that's an unlikely but also why would you like if it's right, right above you why would you drag a towel down that's, that's from such a, a great if you're block. watching that in a theater people going no 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 what are you doing yeah, don't do that and then and then of course uh you know you get uh alex running into like how because he he recognizes that right. uh oh she's the next one to die yes um i think this is actually this is actually after uh terry's death yeah this is after terry's death yeah because because valerie's there when terry dies yeah, no, she's right. there, right? And at yeah. that point is when Alex realizes, oh, it's going in the order yeah. that it would have if we were all still on that plane, which is another reoccurring thing yes. um, that they kind of mess with in this movie. It's weird. Um, but yeah, and then so he, um, Alex is trying to go save her because he knows that she's next. Mm. And so when he gets there, she's already on the ground like with the knife in her chest and he sees her die and he tries to take the knife out. So now she's dead and her house is on fire and he's holding this knife which has blood on it, mm-hmm. and which is like, you kind of see it coming. You're almost like, well, of course he's going to do that. Because, like, now that, that just introduces this new thing where, oh, now the police are going to be after him. Right. Because yeah. he has his fingerprints it's all over so, his It's kind of silly. It's, it is kind of silly. Right? He kind of has this moment of realization where like, you're like, oh, <laughs> great. Oh, that's awesome. That right. seems like a typical, like, stupid horror movie thing to do. One moment I love uh, to get to Billy's death with Sean William Scott, when he gets beheaded at that train track, that's yeah. right at the moment that, uh, because... 
really who was supposed to die in that scene was Carter. Carter. Um, And so they're on the train track and then uh, he ends up deciding, like there's that great moment where he just, he sits on the track and he's like, well, let's get hit. And it's about to him and he goes, it's not my time. But then he tries to start the car and it won't start. Right, because he's trying to like, he's, and this is a character that's kind of, that is almost reoccurring. Not the character itself, but this character type that's almost reoccurring is this character that's like, I'm like, I'm in charge of my own life. I'm in charge of my own death. Right. And so when he's realizes that he's the next one he tries to kill them in this like crazy like he's driving the car and he's driving all over the road and like running red lights and all this stuff yeah and he gets this train track and he just stops and he's like all right this is it this is i'm gonna do it so everyone else gets out and yeah there's yeah like you said there's this moment where he's like no no it's not my time right so he tries to get out but he's actually stuck because death is like all right i guess this is your time (laughs) Um, jokes (laughs) jokes right uh gets saved very last minute by alex gets pulled out of the car um, and then that's just the point where the so that, at this point the the train is like going by because it was about to hit the car, but right. it, it like you know blows the car up, and there's this shrapnel that's like littering the the train track, and this train is going by, and this is the point where Billy starts to freak out. Yeah. Um, and he um he has this whole like freak out monologue, kind of similar to what Terry had, and he's like saying that Carter's supposed to be dead, and there's it comes to a point where he's standing next to the train track and he's pointing at Carter and he's like, "You're dead, you're dead, you're dead." Yeah. And then at that point, it's kind of similar to uh, what happened to Terry, um, like shock value wise, where he's yeah. like, "You're dead, you're dead." And then um, a very sharp metal plate from under the train tracks gets caught by the train wheel <laughs> and and gets flung towards um, Billy, who then chops his head in half. Yes, which I think that moment, it, it could not be more obvious that he's about to die, just because the speech goes on for so and long. And it really sets it up, where they're over here, and yeah. he's right there He's next standing to the far train. away from him. There's a shot with him, and the train is in the background. It's yeah. this wide shot. And I was watching it with Natalia earlier this month and she hadn't seen it before and when he was doing that she was like he's gonna die right now isn't he yeah <laughs> just because it's you can it's tell dumb. it's very well yeah. it's it's you can definitely tell the intensity builds up with his speech and then it just yeah but i think that's my favorite i think that's but, my favorite death in this movie i also love in that moment you kind of get alex is like kind of losing his mind because right after that right after billy gets beheaded alex stands up and goes see like he's like we can change death's design like i you know and he's explaining that since it like it was really um carter who was supposed to die and he saved carter mm-hmm. and everyone else is just reeling from the fact that billy just got beheaded but yeah. alex has already accepted that and he's just like <laughs> and he's like so happy with himself that he was able to skip carter's death and it, it is this kind of moment of like like where he's just a little delirious like he's just kind of <laughs> yeah i mean he kind of from this point on in the movie he kind of just loses it yeah because well, at this point he kind of has this whole thing where he realizes yeah like oh we can skip death and he kind of freaks out about yeah. it but then after that he realizes when he's next right he goes to this like that safe cabin. house almost that cabin and completely like death proofs it yeah where he's like putting which is a great like, scene which is like, <laughs> yeah. no it's a great scene yeah i, I love it it's but then yeah when silly. it's like something's about to happen where like the door's about to open something's about to fall and he shuts it and he goes like i beat you and he's like yeah talking to death uh, yeah which is great and then you get the your big action climax with him trying to save clear mm-hmm. uh, and the electricity as you talked about and as the police are chasing him too cause right because they're, right, they're they think he might be a murderer exactly and it's this whole very tense uh act yeah very action-packed scene is there anything else you want to say about the first movie before we move on um i don't think so well i will touch on the fact that um this is the first um it also kind of introduces the idea of these kind of like weird shocking endings yeah because the ending of this movie is is they go to paris it's like six months later something like that where they're actually at paris and it's it's alex and uh clear and carter yeah 
Carter's a dick, by the way. Right. In this movie, it's it's said. And he never has Carter's a arc. A he's still a dick. No, he's just a dick. Movie. And yeah. at the end, and I don't get why they're still friends with this guy. Like he's right. very mean to them. They were just brought like together by the fact that they're the only. Yeah, I guess. Thing. So they're all in Paris, um, in like outside of this like restaurant, like at this cafe or whatever, just sitting there. Mm. And uh, Alex starts to slowly realize. He starts to see death signs again. And he starts to slowly realize that oh no, it's not over. And um, Carter stands up, and this giant sign falls from out of the sky yeah and and just rails him right uh which is a shot of it just slowly hitting him it's about to hit him and then we cut to black yeah um but uh yeah this movie directed by james wong with i think a little bit uh more like it's there's a little more class to it there's Mm -hmm. a great interview with uh, devin sawa saying like you know, so many scripts I was getting at that time were like these teen melodramas and all this crap. And Final Destination was so cool; it was awesome. It was just this like new idea, and um, and people loved it. And and I think it I I think it holds up. It's it's not saying much. It is the classiest Final Destination movie. Yeah, it's not yeah, saying much. That's not me. saying much, right? Um, it, there's definitely there's a lot of references to like classic horror with like uh, the mm-hmm. way characters are named after like. Uh, like Alex Browning is named after the director Todd Browning, who did Freaks and uh, the original Dracula, mm-hmm. um, and then um, Valerie Luton. Uh, Val Luton was a famous horror producer. Did movies like uh, Cat People, and um, obvi- Billy Hitchcock is named after Alfred Hitchcock. Well, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some more like, obvious ones. So like he clearly has this appreciation for the classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Blake Dreyer reference to uh, Carl Dreyer, uh, who directed. Uh, some of my favorites like uh, vampire mm-hmm. um and so the next movie i think uh totally abandons anything that might have been left of of class yeah. <laughs> in that first movie and it just goes for like uh the awesomeness <laughs> yeah what's funny about this movie is um or about this series really is i was watching um one of the like special featurette things for the first movie and they were talking about how they had a um a um the, they showed um, a test audience the original movie, which, as I said before, and had this whole like love thing in it, and had Alex dying, and then uh, Clear and there's like like a scene with Clear and Carter at the end. And yeah, it just kind of ends, and you're not sure exactly like it, it has this really really vague ending. But um, they showed test audiences, and the, they didn't like it. They they liked the movie, like the the violent parts and like the shocking parts of like the deaths and stuff like that. But they wanted the movie to be more violent, and they didn't like the love thing as much. They thought thought it was too. They didn't want it to. They thought right. it was like too like sentimental and like weird. Like the ending was too sentimental. Yeah. Um. And then so when it was reshot with the different ending and cut out those scenes and everything that was shown to them again, and they loved it. Test audiences loved it. Keeping in mind that these test audience were teenagers, because that's right. what this movie is. That's, that's your target audience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so um, and that's something that I think you can definitely tell as they were mainly thinking about when they made the rest of these movies. It's yes. just the violence and the death, because that's fun. what people love. Yeah, and it worked well. <laughs> Final Destination Two, I think, begins with the most iconic and. Uh, possibly the best scene in all of Final Destination. Um, I'd uh, have to agree. It definitely has my favorite premonition death scene. Yeah, well, oh, movies. for sure. Because yeah. uh, the main character of this is uh, A.J. Cook, uh, plays the main character. She's from Criminal Minds. Uh, Kimberly, Kimberly's her character. Yeah. yeah. And so um, her premonition is, like, they're driving on, like, a highway, and it's just this incredible 
set piece with logs on the back of a truck that's iconic the logs like that's one of the things that people remember from this series and that even if you haven't heard of found or even if you haven't seen these movies but you've heard of final destination you know the log scene where that's that's the thing that starts this whole premonition is where they're all going you see these like ominous signs again you know these signs of death and whatever and then all of a sudden um the um the other main character, um, Officer Burke, Thomas Burke. Yeah. Um, he's driving his car, and the a chain comes off on this huge logging truck. These giant logs come down, bounce very um, against physics, bounce on this road on the road, and then just rail yeah. right through the front of his windshield. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can see, I love this. I love that death specifically in this because you see like it going into the car and his face of like, oh my god, I'm about to die. Right. And then it just cuts <laughs> to the side of the car where you can see it barreling through the entire like inside of the car, and you see that his like guts and remains like on the end of the log. It's disgusting. I love it. It's disgusting, and I love it. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Th- this. That entire scene is incredible. And then that's our premonition scene. So that didn't actually happen. So a right. few select characters end up getting out of the situation, including mm-hmm. the cop uh, and a few other people. Including a cop, there's a guy who just won the lottery, so he's feeling very lucky. He's kind of like our like douchebag asshole kind of right. like character, but he dies. He's the very first person who dies after this, which <laughs> yeah. is like, all right, all right. Um, is he the guy who goes back to his room and there's the whole thing with the ladder outside? Yeah, this is the very first death where he, after the premonition happens, where he, yeah, he goes back to his apartment and yeah. he's put, he has his hands full of like a new computer, a new phone, a new, he has a watch on, yeah. all this stuff because he just won the lottery. So he has all this like, <laughs> he just buys, he doesn't, you know, give any of it to charity. No, he's this typical oh, yeah. douche bag like asshole guy who just he buys all like the most expensive things he can <laughs> so he has his hands full of all this like after a shopping spree and he gets home um to his apart his very very dirty and trashy apartment for a guy who just won the lottery oh sure um and sets all the stuff down and he's and you can tell definitely tell he's living the bachelor life because he throws um <laughs> he throws ramen he has uh or no he has like leftover chinese like noodles um, that he he throws in the microwave and um, uh, f- like a plastic magnet letter from his fridge falls off onto it and he doesn't even notice he just throws it in there yeah. and he's like cooking up um, I don't even know what it is he's cooking up something on his like on like the the stove and he can definitely tell he's very, definitely living the uh, bachelor life here he's very messy just kind of throwing food everywhere yeah and there's another whole uh, like Rube Goldberg thing happens where a fire starts he's trying to put it out his hand gets caught in the um, in the sink, like in the garbage disposal, so yes. you think maybe that might do something, but nope, his hand's completely fine, takes it out, um, and he eventually ends up getting out the window, um, and because um, you know his apartment's on fire, he crawls out through the window and he falls down to the ground. He's climbing down. He falls down to the ground. Um, no, no, no. He gets down to the ground. Sorry, he falls yeah. because of the spaghetti he threw out. Yeah, which is set up at the very beginning, and then um, the ladder. Squishes. And then the ladder falls down, and it's funny because the ladder it falls down and it, and it stops right above his eye. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, so that's not how he was going to die. And all of a sudden, it 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 just it just falls the rest straight of the way. through his face. Goes through his face. <laughs> it's great. Which it's, I mean, yeah. uh, that coupled with the fact that this guy just won the lottery and bought a bunch of new stuff and the fact that he was a douchebag this movie takes such like schadenfreudian glee 
in oh, everything yeah. about his death. Uh, right off the bat, from from the premonition scene and from this first death, you can already tell they're already trying to go hard with this movie. Yeah, with the, with the violent deaths and yeah. just the you know kind of um, like the red herring things, like oh maybe this is how he's going to die, this is how he's going to die, or like, he's not going to quite die yet, but then he does. And, yeah. So and then uh, this movie, I, one of the few returning characters in this movie is Clear Rivers. Clear Rivers. Ali uh, uh, Larder comes back, and uh, I like she, they they play her like she's the she's the expert on this. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> set up that. That death is still trying to get her from the first movie yeah and she's just really good at avoiding it you see just little things happen where she just like sneaks out of it because she's just super good yeah. at it unfortunately alex died off screen between the first yeah movie. what happened we find out with this movie is um uh our kim and uh officer burke do some research and they or kim i think is the one that finds that uh um clear is she what happened uh, was there's this whole article about where um, Alex, like her, it established that um, Alex and Claire had become a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a couple at the end of the first movie, and after Carter died, they continued to be a couple. They had this apartment, they got this apartment together, whatever, and um, there, this freak accident happened where, uh, if you look closely, it says this freak accident happened where a brick fell yeah. and uh, hit Alex and, and killed him. And you can already tell, oh, um, that's, it sounds like death because it just sounds like some weird freak accident like all the other ones. Right. And then so She's Claire been... gets really paranoid. She admits herself into like a mental hospital. Right. So she can be in this padded room. So she can be in this padded room so that she just doesn't die, which just doesn't sound fun at all. I mean, I'd rather <laughs> right. have the risk of death than just keep myself in like a white padded room for the rest of my life. I don't know. Well, yeah. And then she ends up getting the inspiration to, to leave uh, because... Uh, the main girl Kimberly comes to her for help, right? Uh, and there's kind of this moment she decides to leave, and it's kind of like Indiana Jones putting his hat back on <laughs> yeah. or something. Like you're supposed to be like, hell yeah! And um, uh, this is also the this is the one, a kid dies, a young kid dies early in this movie, right? At the, yeah, no, there's a because um, there's that long scene and like he's in the dentist. Yeah, so it's a it's a mother and her son who were um, saved from um, this from the car from the freak highway accident. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's so, it's, again, it's very shocking because it's like, you don't think they'd kill off a kid, but they do. do. He's like this, like preteen or kind of like just like teenager kind of kid. And he has this dentist appointment and, you know, people, some people are already afraid of like dentists. Sure. You know, yeah. Right. Well, and there's like construction happening outside. Yeah. So that sets up a lot. You're like, oh, is the dentist going to slip? What's going to happen? Yeah. Is he going to like slip and like, like stab him with a tool right. or something like that? Whatever? The entire dentist appointment means nothing. He just yeah. walks outside. Well, and something that does happen is um, there's this like weird, um, like these hanging like fish. Like, yeah. Things, and one falls in this kid's mouth. And that like oxygen oxygen gets turned off. That's like being fed through this tube because he has like laughing gas or something. I can't yeah. remember, but um, but yeah. And so he starts to choke, but then the dentist comes in and like pulls it out. And, right. Like whatever turns off the machine. He's like, all right, you're good to go. And so they leave. And you're like, oh, so I he avoided his death, right? Yeah. They're like leaving. Him and his mother are leaving, and um, and then uh, there's a bunch of pigeons, which naturally anyone would be like, oh, a bunch of pigeons. I'm gonna go chase after them. And right. 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 That's, of course. Uh, naturally, what any anyone especially a preteen boy would would think so he naturally goes and chases all these pigeons and they fly into this like one of the construction workers like faces and he accidentally like hits a lever or something um which makes this one like crane thing it's holding this giant glass pane yeah and it makes it the lever makes it drop and, and it, it crushes falls him. onto squishes this boy, him into a squishes, it folds him in half yeah it's amazing. Oh, I love it, it. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> it's like uh, it, ordinarily I don't enjoy ch- the death of, of children, but um, this movie does so much to make you enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this movie has like it really. It's everything you you kind of expect from a sequel, where everything's bigger and better, and yeah. there's a, uh, you see a guy get sliced into little bits from like a uh, like wires, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good one too. Yeah, um, that's a great moments, um, and like even I, I mean, speaking of killing kids, a little kid dies in the very final scene of this movie. Too. Oh, that's a great one too. Yeah, um, oh jeez, because he had cheated death earlier in the yeah earlier in the movie the 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 kind of. Uh, dumb stoner character, I guess, of this movie was um, Rory. That's his name. Yes, he's the one that gets chopped. He gets chopped into pieces. Yeah, by the flying like wire fence or whatever. That's a good one. But he before that he saves this little kid from getting hit by a a, a, a van or a right. truck or whatever coming in. And you just you don't really think anything of it, but then you're like, oh wait, maybe that's like a thing that might come back later because like cheating death, but even though he yeah. wasn't originally part of it, whatever. So the last scene, the um, last scene. Kimberly and the cop character, they're the final, they're the survivors. So of the the survivors, movie. right? They're having like a picnic outside with the family, and the kid is like walking over to the grill, and they just have a moment where they mention that he almost died, like earlier in yeah. the movie. So then there's this very comedic shot where. Uh, Kimberly and the cop both turn their heads at the same time to look at it, the kid, and then the grill explodes, and the kid's head lands on the table. No, 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 no. it's uh, his arm. Oh, his arm! Sorry, yep. His yep. head would have been good, too, but yeah, no. His head would have been great. There's this explosion where you see his his body parts and blood and guts yeah. and everything going everywhere, and this, yeah, very. the whole thing is very comedic, where his right. hand, his, his scorched torn off arm comes down and lands right in front of his mother on her plate yeah and she screams and then the movie cuts and the movie just cuts <laughs> to black because uh, the movie thinks that's hilarious it is uh, yeah um uh, couple complaints about this movie uh they really do clear rivers dirty i think they do I think she has a horribly anticlimactic death she does because you're expecting like after all this time of her cheating death time and time again and all this thing where she's like prepared for everything it's this it's this thing where she goes to check up on a guy who almost died and he's like put in the hospital and she goes to like go check on him and then his room like something in his room explodes yeah. blows up him and clear river because well, it's set like, up by her opening the door and so like oxygen comes in or something which yeah, makes the explosion something like that, happen. yeah. And, and so she gets cooked so <laughs> it's like it's this very i mean it's this huge like you know explosion thing that's like it's it's shocking in itself but it's like it yeah they did her dirty they should have had uh, I'm not set, I'm not mad that she died. I'm mad that she didn't die in a more spectacular way. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, an explosion's spectacular, but it's the fact that like her death kind of means nothing. It's just like it's felt like they they were like uh, we got to whittle these characters down, and they're like we have clear in this scene. Eh, this is how she'll die, right? Because uh, very rarely do they have something that death sets up kill off two people at the same time. Yeah, and that's it, what they do in this, and it feels very cheap. You would kind of assume also that if they went to the trouble of bringing her back in this movie, that her death would maybe be yeah. heroic or something. I mean, this is kind of I'm really complaining more than I would probably would about a final destination movie yeah <laughs> that somebody didn't get a heroic death um but yeah um it's worth it for the ending with the kid blowing up i think this mm-hmm. movie um i it's kind of on par with the first movie for me because i think the first movie's a better movie yeah um and this movie is kind of dinged by clear getting like an anticlimactic death but Everything about the deaths in this movie is just so much more enjoyable. And, yeah, for uh, sure. Really introduces us to what I think we love about the franchise as a whole. Mm-hmm. And this movie is where um, I think 
Is this the movie where they introduce the fact that, um, or where death is working backwards, or is that the next one? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> there's a movie. There's one of the movies is where they figure out that death is like going backwards. Yeah, and I. I cannot remember for the life of me which one it was. Also, uh, Tony Todd returns in this movie. As Tony William, Todd returns. William he has another Williams. iconic scene. He has another uh, one um, scene uh, where he gets some more exposition. There's a great moment. He just knows Kimberly's name. He calls her Kimberly, which is like one of the very few hints that he might be supernatural of yeah. some kind because he calls her Kimberly and she's like, how do you know my name? And he gives her this like goofy smile and then it just yeah. cuts. <laughs> yeah. So you never get an answer to that. Um, I just looked at my notes. This is a movie where death is working backwards and um, so the main character can Kimberly realizes because now they have they have the first movie's events to go off of because mm. that's like a thing that happened um, actually a year ago from when this movie took place right is was the plane the plane accident so they have that to go off of and um, a couple characters um, like are like telling them how oh you know maybe this is the same thing that happened in then the first movie where yeah whoever it's a similar thing this happens a couple times in the movie this so happens like a vaguely reference the first movie to be like this thing right. happened you know or the reference yeah like previous movies and be like oh this has already happened a couple times before maybe it's happening again and so they realize that it's ha- Kimberly realizes it's happening she's a yeah. premonition girl and um, she realizes that death is working backwards and she's confused why and they explain it yeah. Because um, there's this whole scene where there's like five or six of them in the car, right? And they're driving, and they realize that all of the deaths that happened from like the the freak accident deaths that happened in the first movie, yeah, all affected them in some way where it saved them from, yes. from dying, yeah, where they would have died. Which if they that hadn't. adds right. a whole other layer to the movie because you're like, not only are they cheating death this time, they technically ended up cheating death from the first movie, right? So yeah, like, it's it's it introduces this thing where like death had this like plan to like kill off these characters in the first movie, but inadvertently made all these other characters survive. So now he's right. working backwards to correct it. It's yeah. very complicated and really weird. It's, but it's needlessly complicated. It's needlessly complicated. But, yeah, I mean, it is It is pretty cool. It it's kind of reminds me of Saw, the way that the Saw movies would have those wild twists that are like, this person was there the whole time, too! Right. And, but, yeah, the fact that these characters are connected in some way to the first movie is kind of interesting and, and it, it has that like butterfly effect yeah kind of um uh philosophy right um but yeah so uh did you have any more notes on the second one before we move on to three um i don't believe i did i think okay. we're good with that um i just wrote down some stuff because they went um into more detail like behind the scenes stuff about how they did some of the uh, how they filmed some of the deaths, um, how they tried. What what I like about these movies is that with all of them, it's not apparent in all of them, but with all of them, they tried as much as they could to do everything practically Yeah. Um, before moving to a- adding in stuff that they had to do digitally. Like, for example, like the logs. Like, they tried to actually... They had this whole... Um, this whole section of the highway cut off so they could film the, yeah. the highway crash scene um, for this movie. And they had an actual, like, logging truck, and they had they pushed the logs off of it to see what it would do, but it didn't have that same bounce effect that the director wanted. Right. By the way, the director of this movie is David R. Ellis, different yeah. from the first movie. Um, but he also comes back to direct, um, just like James Wong did. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the, yeah, like they had to make the logs digital and some stuff like that. But they did this the, this movie and most of the other movies mostly practical, which is really, uh, which is really cool as far as uh, the effects. I'm, just, I'm a huge uh, sucker for practical effects. 
It's a thing that I oh, really yeah. like about the Saw movies, too. It's, Me, too. Yeah, because, well, yeah, I mean, just when it's not practical, like, when it, when you rely too much on CGI, it just, I it's don't not, believe I'm seeing what yeah. I'm seeing, you know? It's not as fun. Even if the death itself is very, like, fantastical and, like, and like huge, like this huge set piece thing, it's it, if it's if it's too much done digitally, too much CGI, it's just not, it yeah. takes away from it for me. Yeah, the CGI, like, as an accent to the scenes. I, I, like, I always think about, yeah. like, Jurassic Park, I think, is a perfect example of that, where it's, like, they use CG dinosaurs when you would see them, like, a full-size dinosaur, yeah. but then when it's, like, a close-up of the T-Rex, like, knocking his head into the car, it's a practical T-Rex head. Right. Um, which I think is the best way to go about it. And and so, um, yeah, and I, I do, there is a certain movie in here that I think relies a little too much on CGI, but we'll get oh, yeah. to it. Um, <laughs> I, Final Destination 3 um, is the return of James Wong. I didn't even realize this until you told me this just now, that the fact that they kind of traded off directors they did. for the first James, four movies. Yep, James Wong um, directed 1 and 3, and David R. Ellis directed 2 and 4, which yeah. is really strange, because 2 was one of the better movies, but 4 was... Probably the worst. Definitely the worst. Yes. I'd say safely yeah. is definitely the worst. Um, so Final Destination 3 stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who... Uh, definitely has my favorite, i probably say safely, my favorite main character. Yes. Like, premonition character in all of the movies. And, I mean, um, I will happily say that she's too good for this movie. She is. No, I agree. <laughs> I um, When I first saw this movie... See, when I first saw the De- Final Destination movies, I saw them out of order. Mm. Um, but I did end up seeing five last. Sure, which that's is, good. Which is important, right? Um, but I saw these movies out of order. I think three was actually the second movie that I saw, um, and it was one of the movies that this this movie and Sky High were two of the movies that made me really that cemented my crush on Mary Elizabeth Winston. Not Scott Pilgrim. I'm not a normie. No, 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 no. I love that movie, and she's great in that too. But it's funny because yeah. I re- when I rewatched that movie, I was like, oh yeah, she's in this. But oh, no, yeah. Sky High and Final Destination Three were my. Uh, you know, oh, two of my great. favorite. Uh, I'm sure she'd be happy about. Yeah, that. Mary Elizabeth Winston. <laughs> but no, she's no, she is too good for this movie. She's, well, she's and great. I'm, I mean, I'm saying this from two different perspectives. One being that you know I'm a straight man in America in the proper uh, age range to you know say that I'm also kind of in love with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. But also, uh, just a much more talented movie, much more talented actress than this movie deserves. Oh yeah, uh, there are scenes in this movie where she's crying and she's. Very, like she gets some good emotional moments and mm-hmm. I remember watching this with my friends going like oh oh th- this is this is too good I was like what, what is this doing in my final destination it's so weird I seeing it for the first time I, I didn't really pay attention to it as much but this time I did and I was like yeah she's yeah no she's too good for this movie she's just she has well because it, it establishes um, earlier in these movies that you know these characters um, they, you know these have these, these freak outs where they're like we have to get off the plane we have to we can't like I'm don't drive into the highway or whatever all this stuff but they freak out because they see this this huge death happen and her freak out is one of the one of the emotional moments in the scene where she's just like breaking down completely and yeah. she gets like ushered out of the um the the carnival the roller coaster ride whatever the like Which, that they're in I don't know about you but the roller coaster ride death scene maybe gets me the most out of any of yeah these. honestly as far as premonition scenes go yeah. that's probably one of the most more terrifying ones right because um, I I mean, yeah. like, roller coasters are meant to be scary anyway yeah. when you get on them. But there's just always this feeling of, ah, oh, they've done everything that they're supposed to to make sure this is secure. Right. So you're just, you tr- you put your trust in the, right. the park. Yeah, that's the whole thrill of a roller they, coaster. Where right. You put your trust in it, but there's also, like, because you're going really fast through the right. air and, you know, you know it feels like... And just whatever. the idea that that can fail 
that your oh, yeah. safety can fail. That is that's horrifying. And horrifying. I, and I like what they do in this movie where they start off on the roller coaster. And uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, Wendy. We'll, we also get our Tony Todd cameo in this scene. Which our is, Tony Todd. He's not actually. He's not playing Bloodworth. Bloodworth isn't in this movie. Really? Yeah. Um, but he voice he voices the, the, the giant devil thing. Yeah. For this that this roller coaster. And there's a sign that says "I'll see you soon," which is a reference to the first movie. Right. Too. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Which um, I think maybe also implies that Bloodworth is maybe a supernatural being, and that that's. Yeah, kind of him I think it kind of like adds on to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, fun fact about the devil: there's the there's this giant devil like statue thing like um, in front of this roller coaster. That's because it's called um, what's it called? Um, Devil's Flight. Oh yeah. And uh, fun fact is uh, they so they made the um, the whole the devil thing completely out of foam, but it was like two tons of like foam, so it was this ginormous. And uh, they made it anatomically correct. I don't really? know if you knew that, but they made the devil anatomically correct. Where if you look behind the scenes and if you pause in certain moments in this movie, you can see a devil. You can penis? see the devil's penis and balls. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. <laughs> if there's anything that should tell you that a, a roller coaster might kill you, is if there's a devil penis and balls on it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'd say that's the premonition in of itself. Yeah, right. <laughs> But no, I love what they do with this, where they start off on the roller coaster, and Wendy's already feeling kind of like nervous about the roller coaster, and she's of course seeing all these signs and everything. But um, how they start off, or when they start in the roller coaster during the premonition scene, is everyone's having fun and like these like screams of like like you know fun screams, but they quickly, mm. very quickly turn into horrifying screams where everyone realizes that uh-oh, the, this is broken, we're right. and then people start dying, and it's like it's it's yeah, it's legitimately terrifying, honestly. I yeah, think. yeah, it is. Um, as for the rest of this movie, I, I think it's, I mean, besides the fourth one, it's just one that doesn't, it doesn't hit me like the others do. Like, yeah, there's definitely no uh, deaths in this that I think are, there's a moment at the end, which we'll talk about later, that I think is pretty cool compared to some of the other movies. But mm-hmm. uh, um, One of the deaths that actually got to me in this movie, the first time I watched it and um, the other times that I watched it after this too, uh, after the first time is um, there are two characters that... This is the very first death after the premonition in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's these two characters that are introduced where... The tanning bed. Is that, that what you're referring? Yeah, oh, okay. Bed. I actually... Yes, the tanning bed scene is iconic. That, that <laughs> is a, it's an iconic scene. It's one of the more well-known deaths. And that was a scene that every time I watch it, it makes me... It, it's very disturbing. It, to mm. me, that's one of the more terrifying deaths because it involves... It has like the two like you know typical ditzy like blonde girls, whatever, yes. like sort of thing. Um, and they're trying to plays played by uh, uh, sh- uh, sh- sh- I forget I don't know how to pronounce her first name Shellen Simmons yeah. and uh, Crystal Lowe who uh, I had a big crush on from a movie that she was also in called Wrong Turn 2. Wrong Turn 2. <laughs> uh, it, incidentally, she gets naked in both of these movies. Um, but, mm. uh, but yeah, she, she the, the tanning bed scene, I think, is it. Also, the fact that they're listening to the song Roller Coaster of Love. Yes. I, that's a that's a good that's a good uh, little little thing there. but yeah no that, it's 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 to me it's it's very disturbing because I mean yeah what happens is pretty much you know they go to this tanning salon they both are trying to get tan they're like listening to music and right. they're naked obligatory naked scene which obligatory naked they're scene. not I think this might be the first naked scene out of all these movies um there is in the second movie there's not a scene but there's a part um during the premonition like uh, the 
highway premonition thing where um, this uh, biker and his girlfriend drive by and she flashes the, yeah. the boys in the car. Right. Their, her, her tits. Right. So, I mean, these movies, as you can see, it's getting a little sleazier with each one. Yeah. And <laughs> what's so what's funny about this movie, though, is that the director, um, you know, James Wong and, like, the producers didn't actually really mean that for this scene, this death scene where they, you know, those hot girls are you know, getting naked and tanning. Yeah. They didn't mean for this scene to be, like, a gratuitous nudity scene because the fact that they're naked what they were talked about the fact that the fact that they're naked um makes them much more vulnerable yeah it's much more terrifying because what happens is they're in the tanning salon beds um they some like condensation drips onto like a, a machine makes it short out and it makes the tanning salon beds increase in temperature slowly to the point where it's like burning them and it feels mm. really warm and then right when they try to get out this um this uh, wooden plank drops down and shuts them both in. And then after that, you just get them um, where, like, the glass in the tanning salon breaks. They're, yeah. like, singeing their skin. And then the whole thing catches on fire. And they're burning alive. And the door stuck, so nobody can get the door open. Yeah, so the, they're burning alive in these tanning salon beds. And it's it's it you gets me. Man. Yeah, you see them roast. It's uncomfortable. It, yeah, it's, and, and that's a good point, I think, the, the fact that being naked adds a vulnerability. Because it's not sexualized, really. Like, it it's isn't. Just, I mean, what if you say it's sexualized, I think that's just by virtue of the fact that they're both attractive women. Yeah, <laughs> like, and they're naked, you can see their boobs. Right, you know, right, like which, yeah, okay, but sure. Do, but the scene itself, I mean, you get naked when you use a tanning pet. That's right, yeah, kinda... like, they don't, like, they don't, don't, they're not like, oh, hey, nice tits, Susie, you know, <laughs> right. or whatever, I don't know what names, but, you know, it's not like one of those things where, like, they comment on it, or, like, they, like, feel each other up, they're like, whoa, that's, there, like, a nice boob job you got, or something like that. There's that, that bizarre little, uh, like, why are you wearing panties, and she's like, my boyfriend gets off on tanning lines yeah which uh which is just kind of funny i just wonder how that ended up in the script yeah that's <laughs> a weird like little comedic thing but yeah then after that but yeah it's not really sexualized at all they just kind of like it's just it's impl- it's you see that they're naked and then they get into the tanning salon and they burn to death yes uh, or the tanning beds yeah and yeah uh, that's that's probably one of the more well, after and, and that, great, the, the the conclusion of the scene is fantastic too because it hard cuts from yes their tanning beds from above um, it match cuts to their coffins side by side yeah, at, their at their funeral. Yeah, that's a great. Actually, I love that. Yeah, shot, that such uh, a great. Like there. James Wong, I think is a filmmaker. He's he is a filmmaker. Yeah, <laughs> he's no, not. Yeah, he he's not some hack in the chair. He has some ideas <laughs> of right. what what could be, and he knows it's kind of it's it's macabre, but it's also kind of funny. It is. Yeah, um, but almost all the other scenes in this um, are very just just needlessly violent. Yeah. Or, well, maybe not needlessly. Like it's. I mean, that's. I'm assuming that's your favorite death out of this movie, right? Um, I don't. Um, hmm. I don't know if it's my favorite. It's definitely the most, to me, the most shocking and most disturbing death. Yeah. Um, because you're seeing people there. suffer, which doesn't happen yeah. a lot in these movies. Oh, I'll tell you what my favorite death is. Um, actually, my favorite death is the part where there's like this emo girl. Yeah. Yeah. Who he just establishes this like emo like oh whatever like I don't care about stuff whenever she like listens to <laughs> hard rock music and follow this dude follows this dude around and um who's a very similar kind of vibe whatever and um they they both work at this like home depot kind of place like home improvement right. store whatever like after hours and they're like restocking and everything and during this whole scene um wendy and the other um the other main character of this the the guy um, or they go to the home improvement place to to warn um, 
this dude and his, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or just their friends or whatever, like, oh, hey, you're going to die. You guys are sitting next to each other on the roller coaster. You're going to die next. And he doesn't believe it. He's like, I control my own death. They avoid his death, so it skips it. And then, but right after that, it kills, um, she dies. And the way she dies is she gets, she falls um, against this, like, shelf that has this um, nail gun. And yes. it it nails <laughs> the nail gun goes off just sporadically just starts going off and it it shoots all these nails through the front of her face yeah oh yeah 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 oh man yeah, yeah and it like pins her hand like to her face yeah. and you just see this like this shot of just blood coming from her face and you can tell i mean because this is still like mid-2000s like effects so you can kind of tell it's like a dummy yeah you know sitting there but you these just nails through her face i think that's probably my favorite death it's very uh I'm leaning towards out of in terms of like just something being enjoyable. My favorite death is uh, uh, the other actor that was also in Wrong Turn Two, and <laughs> it's uh-huh. in this movie. Uh, besides Crystal Lowe, there's also Texas Battle, uh, which oh, is one yes. of my favorite names of any actor. Uh, I'm always happy to see Texas Battle in a film. Uh, I think um, the first time we've had a, a main black character yeah. <laughs> in one of these uh, movies, uh, so they're they're really reaching out now, trying to <laughs> trying to diversify that cast by having yeah. one token black guy. Um, uh, but he's great. He's uh, and he is like a jock. You know, he's a sport sporty guy, and yeah. um, his death is him just kind of like. He's like working out, and he's like pumping, and he's talking to the main characters because uh, mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to convince him there's something wrong or whatever. And he's right. and he's it's like I, I'm not exactly sure what the weight machine is. I think he's pulling. He's like doing. Um, he's like pulling a bar down, but the weights they go like outwards. Yeah, they like um, swing up and out, and yes, kind of like oh, uh, which is just a beautiful death waiting to happen because oh, yeah. then it ends with him just like. After he like maxes out, he goes goes like, Aah! and he like screams, and then the weights just like fall and smash his head. It's great. It's no, it's great because it's another one of those deaths where there's a lot of red herrings where it's like, yes. oh, maybe he's gonna die from this and this and this. Right but to the point where because two... we see him do multiple exercises. Oh yeah, like... different things, and to the point yeah. where he gets to this machine and he's like going hard at the machine. Yeah. He's like shaking everything around him, and he stops. And these two giant swords that are going that are like above him, they come unhinged and they like swing down and they narrowly miss him. Yeah. And he like looks behind him and he's like, Well, I guess I cheated death, whatever, fuck you. <laughs> and right at that point is when these he's like screaming and is when these two giant weights come down and just smash his head. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like a pumpkin, it's great. I always say like a pumpkin. It's I'm a I'm a big fan of head explosions, I always have been. Um and yeah, it's I think he's doing like his lats in that scene and then um, That's a good death. And too. then the yeah, it squishes his head mid screaming, and then the fact that that's just the end of the scene. Like it, there's no one thing I love about some of these deaths is it doesn't cut to people going, oh my gosh, this person died. That's horrible. It's like their death is the conclusion to the scene, yeah. and then we move on. It happens I don't, a lot in this scene. I don't think they even mention Texas Battle's character. They don't. The I don't the, think they do. Like, it's like the next scene, they're kind of unfazed. It's just like, well, it's another guy who died horrifyingly <laughs> right in front of us. Um, right. Uh, do, oh, and so the ending of the movie uh, is our three survivor characters all happen to be on the same subway at the end of the movie. Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, and her sister. Her sister and then their friend who was um, the, right. yeah, the, the main and guy. And this is long after the climax happened where I think we actually had our first ever villainous character. In oh yeah, movies. and um, Ian McKinley was his name. I just yeah. realized that. I was just looking here at my notes. Um, Ian McKinley, yeah, he because at the end of the movie, he like it skipped him and he realized that um, if like He's he's he doesn't want to die, so he's like, you know what? I might as well like try and like kill the, everyone else, so it like 
cuts to the end of Death's play. I don't know. Right. It's, it's another one of those. He just wants to control very, it. He wants, he wants to be to in charge yeah. of their fates. So he actually, yeah, he's the first villainous character that we actually get introduced to, and he tries right. to like he goes to this uh, county fair to try and actually kill Wendy. Which a county fair is also a perfect setup for a whole lot of deaths. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of again, a lot of uh, red herrings, a lot of oh maybe he's gonna get run over by a horse, maybe they're gonna get <laughs> hit by a fireworks. But um, how does he go again? Um, he gets um, there. Um, so she had uh, Wendy had already had saved her sister and her friend yes. um, from death. Um, and she was like, alright, that's it. Uh, it's just me now. Um, and then all these fireworks go off, I think. Yeah. And they shoot towards her and her friends, but they like duck down below it. And as he's like taunting them, like, yeah, like being all menacing, like I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Um, hits this like, and he ends up ducking down too, and it h- hits this like um, structure behind him that's holding up the sign. Right. And he's like, oh, I guess I beat death again. Fuck you guys. <laughs> and then the sign comes unhinged because the thing below it exploded and then it comes down and it smashes him. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. actually, I thought it just, originally I thought it just smashed him, but it actually severs him in half. Right. Because it smashes him and uh, the top half of his, like his head and like an arm and like the top half of his torso comes shooting out and you just, it's just laying there. Oh, yeah. Um, for the final cut. Which that's is great. That's great. such a great gross detail. Yeah. And did you know, that's another thing that I actually uh, they actually reshot because originally they just had him completely smashed by the sign. Yeah. Um, but they wanted more gore and sure. more whatever blood and everything, so they actually had him being severed instead of just being smashed. You know, I appreciate that. I appreciate I somebody too. making Final Destination three and not thinking like, oh, we got to hold back, guys. Like <laughs> it's like no, no, no. You're making Final Destination three. Yeah. You're not making uh, The Exorcist. Like <laughs> you right. can show some things. Um, and so, um. Yeah, so it's established that Wendy and her guy friend and then her sister are the right. last. And so they're all on the. And it's a great scene the way that they each show up on this subway mm-hmm. and kind of go, oh, and they don't know. Like, it's just by happenstance. Yeah, like, oh, you happen to be here. And great. there's this building dread of, like, oh, no. <laughs> like, they're all on this subway. Yeah. Um, and then you get this horrible crash scene they all get picked off one by one. Oh yeah and there's a, f- i love the sorry i just love the one death where um the the guy i can't remember his name but the guy character he gets like sucked out the window and like grinded against the wall yeah and, like, splatters blood everywhere that's yeah. a great thing but yeah there's this whole premonition scene where and, like the, it ends with mary elizabeth winston like on the tracks crying as it's about to hit her and then you realize that was also a premonition. Yeah. Which is great. Like our first premonition, our first double premonition right. within a movie. When this happened, when I watched it with like a, a marathon with my friends a year ago, when that, when you realize it's a premonition, we all went, whoa! Like <laughs> yeah. at once, because it was like, that added a whole new thing. My complaint is, I think they should have just ended it there. I think they should have ended it with the fact that she just had this new premonition and doesn't know how to say what's going to happen, and then it just ends. But instead, we get a little moment where they're like, well, pull the brake, the emergency brakes. Yeah, and they, they realize that she's like, it just happened again, and like, oh no, so they go to try to pull the brakes, and you see a shot of her, like, as you hear, like, the... You start to hear stuff going wrong, and you see a shot of her face, and then it cuts out. Right. So it kind of... It kind of actually leaves it up in the air whether they it's actually ambiguous. survived or not. Yeah, but I think it leans towards. It leans towards yeah. they all just died. Which that's what I. The first time I watched, I saw this movie. That's the kind of vibe that I got. Which would kind of make you think, like, what I was got. the point of the premonition? If she's right. yeah. So I think if it had just ended, just comedically, kind of on her just having had the premonition and then cut to black, yeah. I think it would be kind of fun. Um, but 
Another uh, testament, sorry, another testament to Mary Elizabeth Winstead's acting ability is the fact that um, there was this um, moment when they when they cut out when they you realize it's a premonition you cut out there's like a shot of her face. And yeah. What happens in that shot is a single tear goes down her face, and they were shooting that scene, and the first time they shot that scene, an actual tear fell from her eye. Wow. And the director was like, "Oh, I really like that. Let's do it again." And she couldn't do it again. She she ended up doing it like, but they were like, "Okay, now we actually want you to cry," mm. and so they did like a. a a lot of different takes of her just sitting there like a shot like a camera close up to her face where she's trying to like force out a tear while also like acting like horrified wow. and um well everyone's like waiting for her to do this shot and she ended up doing it again testament to how good she is she ended up actually being able to force out another tear but uh yeah um that's just a cool little thing about her and about that movie also the voice of the train conductor in the scene is also tony todd it is also tony todd. so i was wondering because it sounded like it but i was like I'm not which kind of adds another like uh, so it's like oh that's a nice motif to this movie that you hear his voice twice before there's yeah. gonna be a new uh, a new disaster. Uh, speaking of disasters, uh, the fourth movie, <laughs> the final destination, the final, the final destination. destination. It's a, it uh, makes the um, it I, does the same thing as a lot of horror franchises does, right. like the Final Friday mm-hmm. or right. um, um, Freddy's Dead. You know, Freddy's or Dead stuff like that. Well, the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Uh, famously, there are two movies in that series that imply it's the last movie and oh, it's yeah. not the last movie. Uh, yeah, there's like. Friday the 13th, the the final chapter, and then there's um, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Jason Goes to Hell, the final yeah. Friday, yeah. Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, not the final, none of those are the final movies. Yeah, it's another one of those things where they, they make a movie, and to be fair, the production companies meant for those movies to be the last right. movie. Saw the final chapter, Saw the just final chapter. We talked about it last yeah. time, yeah. <laughs> meant for those movies to be the final movies, but right. then they were like, nah, we made too much money, it was too successful, so let's, right. let's keep on going. Yeah, and so this movie, The Final Destination, um... I also, as you said, directed by David R. Ellis. Mm-hmm. This is the one that I think depends a little too much on CGI. Oh, way too much. Um, also, I think this movie it has a fun opening scene. It has that racetrack scene. It does. Which still, right off the bat, you can tell something's a little off. Uh, it's shot differently. Like the the color palette of this movie looks like a softcore porno kind of. Like yeah. it's a little too. It, it's. I don't know how to describe... I mean, it kind of looks a little too uh, saturated, uh, a lot of the movie. Um, and it also has a softcore porn actress in the movie. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a, that's kind of unrelated. But um, uh, but yeah, that opening scene, it's also very clear this movie was released in 3D. Because mm-hmm. uh, you get a lot of 3D gags. Which is something uh, that I love and hate about movies sometimes. Right. is like Because you can obviously tell that it was supposed to be seen in 3D like when it originally came out. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's fun, like what they do with it, where like blood and guts will spurt towards the screen. But sometimes it's just annoying when you're like, all right, right. I get it, it's 3D. You know? And I, I just think a lot of the deaths in this movie are ultimately pretty underwhelming. Um, there is... Uh, there's a pool scene that I feel like should have been a masterpiece of yeah. a scene. Because uh, you get this guy, he's the douchey character. He's a douchey character. Uh, opening scene, just uh, as we said, these movies get sleazier. It's him, like, by a pool, but inside of, like, uh, a little shack by the pool, just having sex with a random woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, like, he finishes and he doesn't want to keep going. So he, he starts... like, stops and she's like, no, that's not it. Yeah. There has to be more. And he's like, and he pulls out a phone and he's like, have you played this game? He's like, <laughs> yeah, you ever played, like, Donkey Punch or whatever yeah, it was called? And, uh, and so, because, you know, it's just enforcing, oh, this is our this is our resident douchebag. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Final Destination. He's going to die. Yep. Um, and so the gag is that, like, he ends up going in the pool and then he gets stuck on like the um, the drain at the bottom yeah. of the pool, and because it's like sucking, uh, there, yeah. and so he gets his 
his butt stuck on it. And so essentially what's happening in the scene is that it's sucking all of his insides out of his asshole. Yeah, the, the, the pressure is slowly and slowly building until something causes it to just completely, like, flip from, like, ah, it's almost about to, like, it's, like, building up, you know? And then yes. all of a sudden you just, like, a switch is flipped or something, you know? Like, right. something happens where all of a sudden the pressure just, like like shoots up and it sucks his insides out from his ass right goes through this like um which like is the, a great idea yeah <laughs> but i think i think the sex scene that he has with that woman before the movie starts bear with me i think that is a premonition for the rest of the scene because <laughs> because um early like we see him having sex with a woman he finishes too soon it ends up anticlimactically she's kind of disappointed oh that's it and then that's how i felt at the end of the scene <laughs> Because he starts getting his gut sucked out of the inside of him. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then it kind of ends before we get any real gore or like a money yeah. shot. It kind of peters out, much like his sex did with that woman. <laughs> and it's like, this should have had... We should have seen this guy just get like... Because you see his stomach kind of like gets yeah, sucked Yeah, it like caves in a little bit. We should have seen his entire body just crumble into just like nothing. Yeah. And then just seen all of his blood and guts shoot out of the ground and then land on top of everybody. <laughs> that would have <laughs> been great. And it, a similar thing happens where it shoots out of a thing, but it kind of just like splurts out in this kind of like half-assed waterfall. Yeah. And it just kind of like falls around it. But yeah, it could have been so much better. Could have been spectacular. Really um, other than that, not really any... Well, that's kind of a thesis statement for the rest of the movie. Yeah. The the, the highlight is the premonition scene at the racetrack um, where you get those 3D gags. Um, There's a guy who gets that little pick through the back of his head that comes out his mouth. That's a good one. Um, And it's goofy. Like, it's it's very goofy. You can just watch it on YouTube. I've seen it posted in other places. Just watch this crazy scene. Yeah. And it is crazy. Yeah. also, yeah, the real actor, there's a quote-unquote real actor in this movie. It's McKelty Williamson, uh, who's Bubba from Forrest Gump. Oh, okay. Um, he's also in Con Air. He's in a lot of great films. <laughs> and um, he's, it's weird, because he plays, like, a cop character in this movie. He's got, like, a family. Mm-hmm. And in the climax of the movie, there's also this feeling of, like, we don't know what to do with this guy, so he just gets hit by a bus randomly while yeah. the characters are walking side by side. Um and then I don't even remember how this movie wraps up. Well, what's the ending of the final destination? Um, hold on, I didn't switch to my notes for this one. Um, the ending of the 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 final destination. Um, oh, oh yeah. So there, the what happens is after the whole like end scene, which I'll touch on in a minute. But the, after the whole end scene, it's um, the main character, the main guy, his girlfriend, and her friend, yeah. and they're the survivors. And they're sitting in this. Um, they're sitting in a coffee shop, and um, which is called. I'm pretty sure it's called like Death by Coffee or something like that. Like the the coffee shop. Yes. Like, yeah. Like oh, and then yeah, this is when the um, uh, the loose scaffold uh, ends up coming through the window, right? No, it's uh, a truck. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The loose scaffold collapses, and then the truck drives into the. The truck drives into place. the this giant the wall or like that's the window in this yeah. in this coffee shop and they're right next to it and it hits them and as it hits them it cuts to like an x-ray mode thing that we saw during the opening credits yeah where you see like their bones crunching and like their heads right. getting smashed and everything and then it, and it does the credits also anticlimactic because i'm like i just want to see it happen you don't have to yeah. go to an x-ray <laughs> yeah that's another thing i noticed about this movie right off the bat um when this movie starts you can tell it's gonna be different because um it does the um beginning 
Well, does it? Because doesn't it do the beginning death scene and then it goes to the credits? Yes, yeah. yeah. There's a. It's like a cold open. You get yeah. the the premonition and then they get out and then and then it cuts and to then the, credits, happens, and then the credits and the credits happen. themselves are. I can't remember what song they're like. Is, but deaths, it's this like hard like death metal rock song, right. and it's showing um, various deaths throughout the series. Right. In like again this in this like in, X-ray mode. Yes. Thing. Yeah. So um, you can kind of see the injuries that are kind being, of like a Mortal Kombat esque right. like where you see like their bones snapping and stuff. I was like going to mention also just speaking of anticlimactic deaths, like there's this one where uh, the 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 softcore porn actress. Who, I don't know. She's an actress, <laughs> but she's she's famous for having been in the Emmanuel in space films, but having played the titular Emmanuel. So, uh, uh, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, Krista Allen uh, plays the. She's like uh, the mom who goes to get her haircut. Oh yeah. Um, yep. And there's she's a, referred to as a milf by the douche, the right, douche guy. Right. Right. Um, and so the whole movie, that whole scene's full of. It's it's similar to the. Um, to the dentist scene from the second one, where it's full mm-hmm. of these red herrings. She's at a salon, and you yeah. see all these different things. Where, you know, water. There's electricity. Something water, falls from the ceiling. Falls, like, a, a ceiling fan falls. Like, yeah, and then, yeah. It, but then it ends with kind of this lame bit where she like walks out, and because there's like a, um, there's a guy mowing the lawn outside, mm-hmm. and then what is it that's on the ground? It's like a. Um, it's it's rocks. Or so, rocks because so her sons were actually before she entered the salon were throwing right. rocks into which like, is kind of a sign into this lawn, which is kind of a cute setup, I guess. Yeah, uh, but the, yeah, then it just ends with her turning around, going, "I got my eye on you." And then she turns around, and then the rock hits her right in the eye. And takes um, her takes her eye yeah. out. And look, I've seen a lot of Lucio Fulci movies. There's better things you can do with eye trauma. Uh, uh, the death is. It's like, eh, it's fine. The line's like kind of lame. I feel like there's a lot of those kinds, and like in this movie, like a lot of the deaths are kind of like, you see, like, they say a stupid line or a stupid pun, like, before the death happens. Right, it's, right. Like, death by coffee. Which is, death by coffee. Well, that's genius. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then, uh, uh, let's let's get off of the final destination, unless you have anything left um, to say I about this I have one more movie. thing left to say, <laughs> and the only reason why I say this is because this is just so weird to me. There is, um... I, so, if you couldn't already tell, I watched all the special features for all of these movies. Right. And for this movie, I was watching the special features, and there's an alternate ending to oh. this movie. It was the original ending to this movie. Um, which, by the way, the original... This is... this The ending of this movie also has a premonition, a second premonition, where um, the guy gets hit, but the, 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 you know, the token black guy gets hit by a truck, and then he goes to, um, to, the, to the mall, which has his theater... Um, where he tries to um, save his girlfriend and her friend from the yeah. theater. It blows up. It kills... Um, I actually kind of like this scene. It, it kills the... It's just um, such a wild scene. There's it is, so it much wild. It, like the Because the, you know, the girlfriend is like, okay, I guess I'll leave with you because the guy's all freaked out. And then the friend yeah. is like, no, I that's that stuff is over. I'm staying here. Um, and then in the movie, it cut it like counts down. This like a bomb in the movie, right? And it counts yeah. down. And right as it counts down to the bomb exploding in the movie, an actual explosion happens in the theater. Right. Blows her up. It sends a bunch of like nails into her face. Uh, blows up the whole theater, and it just starts. It has this chain effect where it starts like making the rest of the mall just kind of like crumble, like blow right. up and explode. Whatever. So we get this great escape scene. So you get this great, great yeah. escape scene where everyone's There's like going escalator. down escalators. <laughs> Everyone falls off the escalators, and then yeah. the end of the escalator gets broken to where you just it just revealed all like the gears and everything. Right. And it kind of um, plays into that fear that people have with escalators, where what if I get stuck and sucked into the escalator? Right. Where 
the main guy and his girlfriend they fall down and she actually does get sucked into the escalator yes and gets grinded up by these gears you see her blood you see her clothes being like like in the gears and you see like blood spurting everywhere and then he gets yeah. all freaked out and then um it cuts and reveals it was a premonition but right. what's funny is that it cuts to the moment right before the the black guy gets hit by um, the police officer guy gets hit by the ambulance Oh. And then, yeah, because it cuts right before that, and he's like, and he realizes where he is, and he realizes he just had a premonition, and he turns around to save the police officer guy, and he still gets hit by the ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> which I was like, What's the, <laughs> what was the point then? Because it was also off screen since they already filmed him actually getting hit by it. Right, right. He turns around, and it's just like, you know, like it goes by, and it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, you couldn't have got, you couldn't have saved Bubba, unfortunately. But yeah. Nobody then, can save Bubba. Yeah, and then the actual ending is where he goes to the, he realizes what's gonna, there's gonna be an explosion, so he goes to um, this construction, um, like this room where there's a bunch of construction happening, and there's this whole complicated thing where he puts out, he puts out the fire, he prevents the explosion, he's this hero, and then it cuts to the end scene where they all die. Right. But there's an original ending where what happened was, um, like, the, premoni- the premonition happens, and he rushes over to the theater, um where he they go to the movie and he goes to this oh no no what happens is he he runs into them before they go into the movie theater mm. excuse me um and then he warns them he's like don't go into the movie theater it's gonna blow up and he like he's like just go just just stay out of the movie theater leave them all i'll be right back i gotta do something yeah and she's like no baby don't go away and he runs towards the construct that same construction room where he sees a fire but in the original in the original scene, instead of trying to put out the fire to save all these people, what he does is he sees the fire. Apparently, he just gives up. He's like, man, I can't put out the fire. So he grabs this, like, red cylinder that just has, like, flammable on it, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's implied that it's some sort of, like, thing of oil or gas or something. Some, exp- some like, exp- exploding piece of, like, whatever, canister yeah. of metal. And he grabs it, and he runs out the window. <laughs> And he plummets down to to the ground where there's this police car, and he hits the police car, and there's just a big explosion where he dies. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly how this works, but apparently in the original scene, like he, that sets off like an alarm, so everyone leaves the mall, but the oh. mall never blows up, even though he never huh. put out the fire. Huh. And then when his 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 girlfriend and her friend are like outside of the mall, and she sees that like he died, like he saved, like he's quote-unquote sacrificed himself to save everyone or whatever right. she's like all like whatever torn up and she's like you know, grieving and her friend is like he wouldn't want to see you like this you know like yeah you know you got to be strong and she's like all right well i guess we did break death's chain that's the thing in this movie they keep on talking about death's chain which right. is not a thing that they refer to at all in other movies they just keep on saying oh we broke death's chain or this yeah. is death's chain of events which whatever. we've established it doesn't matter if you break death's chain of events so you still right it you. doesn't matter um yeah. And what happens is, um, th- at the end, this was this was supposed to be the original like shocking ending, like after like the climax of the movie, where um, at when she says we broke the chain, like death's chain, a chain actually falls out of the sky, <laughs> a broken chain falls out of the sky, and it lands oh. on her feet, and she picks it up, and she's like, huh, and it, and then after that, this giant like gla- like this giant metal box that I assume was like used for like like construction thing that was like yeah. in the air it's implied that that chain was holding up that giant metal box so the chain comes down yeah. she catches it she's holding it she's looking at it and then <laughs> this giant metal box comes down and flattens both of them cuts off her hand and her hand skids across the ground holding the chain yeah. and it goes towards the camera and then it and that's the last shot 
Okay, that's pretty fun. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of think I would have preferred that's that. That's a great 3D gag. <laughs> oh, that's much better than the coffee shop crap. Yeah. But I still, yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's weird and it didn't make any sense to me, but I was like, that's got that's worth mentioning because that's so weird. Like, that, that was the original ending. And you, yeah. it's, it was funny, too, because they didn't, since they cut that out of the movie and filmed a different ending. The effects are The effects aren't, sure. aren't finished. Yeah. And it was like, it, honestly. I love her that. dying on the confusion of looking at this chain. Like, huh. And then, and then she gets squished. Yeah. I like people whose last thought is just confusion. Yeah. It never fails to make me laugh. Anyway. Um, Final so, Destination yeah. 5, I think, is uh, my favorite out of all these movies. It is my favorite, too. My favorite used to be um, number three, just because of Mary Elizabeth Winstead, honestly. <laughs> but no, I after rewatching all of them, I have to say five is actually my favorite, too, because it doesn't have that same, like... 2000s like nostalgia feel that like the first and second ones have right um and it doesn't really and it's not as dark as the first like this one i would say is the first one that i think is like overtly a comedy yeah it's it's very comedic there's comedic actors in the movie Mm -hmm. like david keckner is Uh, in the movie pj burn yeah like a lot of funny characters and they're playing a lot of scenes for comedy yeah um and they they take those those red herrings to like ultimate heights mm-hmm. in this movie this um, one i yeah no i'd said to say this is my favorite movie and i think honestly i mean it's hard to say it's the best one just because the first one is as a classic yeah. you know as a modern classic in, in my eyes but it's definitely one of the it's definitely one of the better ones i think it's my favorite too yeah um because so the opening premonition scene in this movie is like a bus full of people who work for a company yeah it's like a, so they're going on a company retreat yes um, and it's, like, the main guy who's just, like, one of the employees, and then his friend who's also kind of his boss, but then they have the actual boss who's a dick. Yeah. Whatever. And they establish all these characters. The two main guys have, like, girlfriends and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, so the the main character um, gets a premonition of they're going on this bus, and they're going across this bridge, and the bridge has, like, construction another construction yeah. thing. Um, you know, construction on the bridge and everything, and he keeps on seeing these, like, you know, like a, a vat full of hot tar and all these things that, like, could potentially... Uh, kill people and um and then he has a premonition of the of the bridge uh collapsing right and he tries to like him and his uh he tries to get him and his friends and the other co-workers like out of it um but they all ended up dying um and this is a great this has some good deaths this scene has some good deaths in it oh it has, yeah uh, david keckner getting um covered, covered in, tar. in hot tar yeah. and burning and falling yeah um the the other character um the like the main guy's like friend uh his name is um no the main guy is named nick yeah um and then his friend is nope it's not nick sorry that was the fourth movie the main guy is sam and his friend is peter yeah. And Peter okay. is one of the last people to die, and he gets... It's um, unfortunate that all of these guys have very typical uh, uh, white guy first names. Yeah, because it's, it's hard to remember. So yeah, Sam is the main guy, yeah. um, Peter Sam is Luton. his friend, and Peter's one of the last guys to die in this premonition scene. And what happens is he gets a bunch of these like metal rods, like he, he gets impaled like through the face and yeah. body with these metal rods. He falls down, and then he splatters against like the... Um, like the base of this, like the the bot, like this uh, platform in the water. Right. He splatters against it before, like, because everyone else just kind of like drops down yeah. to the water. He splatters against this platform, and you see blood go like spurt out like, right. in this very ridiculous way, and then he he falls. I just that one was a very memorable death. Oh, it's for me. it's super fun. Um, I love PJ Burns' death scene in the movie when he's getting the um 
the uh, acupuncture. Oh yes, because that is the, that is the definition of of the red herrings. Because he's mm-hmm. getting acupuncture, like there's it's a rickety table he's on. Then he ends up falling on his front. You think it's gonna like impale him? Yeah, like a bunch of times, but that doesn't do it. And then his and then there's like a fire. But then it's just that his head gets squashed by like a Buddha thing. It's funny because it gets yeah, it gets squashed by a Buddha statue. And you know, Buddha which is barely is... set up at the beginning of the scene. He like points to it or something or touches. Yeah, it he it. points it and he says some. He has some line about like lose some weight buddha or something like right that. right and um it's funny because pj Byrne actually has some really funny lines in this scene um yeah. a couple um that i actually wrote down um is um where he's the the well first of all it's established that he's like he goes to this um this massage place and he thinks it's like a happy ending massage place where you know like these these attractive young you know asian women are gonna you know give him a hand job or something right. like that and um, so he's like implying that, and they're like, "No, this is a family place. This is this isn't like that kind of place." Mm. But he keeps on like trying to get there, whatever. So there's this joke where he goes into the massage room and he's like undressed and he's like ready to start. And um, it's this old like Chinese lady who comes in and he's like shocked mm. and he's like, "Wait, I thought it was gonna be like an attractive young woman." And it just establishes him as like a dick, and, yeah, like, a sleazy kind of like. So you're okay with seeing this guy get his yeah, head squashed right. by a boot? But um, but yeah, he's there's one point where she's like starting to do the acupuncture and he's like. He doesn't want to do it. And he says, um, I'm not catching any diseases unless I've earned them. Which <laughs> yeah. I think is a great line. Uh, which is also followed up to uh, um, by him saying, him accepting the, the fact that they're doing acupuncture. And he says, all right, let's do this. Two billion people can't be Wong. Right, right. Instead of wrong, but it's, it's yeah. So he's it's, racist, too. So he's racist. <laughs> and he actually has, yeah, some funny lines. Um which made me kind of sad that he died just because I wanted to hear him be like right. douchey more. But no, it was very rewarding where like, yeah, like he, he falls off the table and all the acupuncture needles get like pushed into him. Yes. Um, yeah. And then he, um, the room gets set on fire and you think that he's going to die from that, but then he gets up and um, he gets, um, no, yeah, the explosion or like the fire makes him like um, fall against the wall where the, right. um, the Buddha, yeah, the Buddha statue comes down and squashes his head. Yes. Uh, very rewarding. Very I enjoy good that scene. scene quite a bit. I think yep. that's a perfect example of a Final Destination scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's um, uh, also in uh, this movie, we get the return of Bloodworth. The return of Bloodworth, who was sorely missed in the fourth who one. Who gets to play a fairly bigger fairly yeah. big role in this movie he's recurring after person. every death at the funeral uh, initially at the beginning or like the um the memorial for like all the people who did right. die in the in the um bridge accident yeah um he shows up there and he so he's, shows he's up he's a coroner yeah he's yeah. a coroner and he shows up um at each death um because actually something that we miss is before this death is um the death of peter's girlfriend mm-hmm. she's a gymnast yeah, I yes. love this death. This, <laughs> this is great is a wonderful because yeah. she. What happens is another. And you know, like you said, this movie uh, definitely does the whole red herring thing very well. Where every yeah. single death you see, like, oh, it's very tense. Like, oh, they're gonna die by this or this, whatever. All right. And she's a gymnast, and she this nail, this like screw falls on this like balance beam that she's practicing on, and mm. you think she's gonna step on it, but then she doesn't. And um, all this different stuff that is like you know hinting to like, oh, how is she gonna die, whatever. Yeah. And then what happens is she's swinging on this, like, bar, like, practicing her whatever swings yeah. and stuff. And um, another uh, 
uh, you know, gymnast, steps on the screw, falls off, knocks over. It's this whole, again, Rube, Rube Goldberg thing. Yeah. Um, but this this giant bowl of, like, chalk that, like, you know, gymnasts use to, like, make their hands, like, dry, whatever. Right. Um, falls down, and it blinds this this, this girl um, who's, like, swinging on the bar, and she swings up in the air to, like, do a flip, and but she's, like, blinded, and then she falls, like, and folds backwards she just like lands in this horribly awkward way that just like breaks her, her body yeah folds her body in half and breaks it and it's <laughs> like, so instantaneous instantaneous it's just yeah. like a crunch and yeah. she's dead she's just meat at this point yeah and her boyfriend <laughs> sees the whole thing and he's horrified yeah appropriately um, kind of yeah. the start of um peter that's that that her boyfriend peter's kind of spiral into um insanity yeah because he starts to like feel really like He's like, why did she have to die? And there's moments after this where he starts, where he has these like freak out scenes um, that leads to a very, um, very interesting uh, climax scene. Right. Yeah. But, um, well, because yeah, we end up getting a, another villainous character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like stuff with like uh, the FBI. Courtney B. Vance is in the movie. He's mm-hmm. like, a, you know, he's investigating stuff, and it, we do kind of get this. It's like this nice. It's a scene in a kitchen is like the final encounter. Yeah. Um, but. Do you have a favorite death from the scene? Have we mentioned um, your favorite death out of this deaths in this movie? In this movie, my favorite death, um, probably the gymnast one actually. Sure. Um, yeah. Although Mine no, too, PJ probably. Burns is that one's. Uh, it's between that one and the gymnast sure. one actually. Those are those are both great. Right. Um, both scenes, and I might remember another one that I forget about. And if you're just yeah, if you're a fan of Tony Todd, uh, he shows up many times in this movie. He has yeah, some but he shows lines. up, and the point where he actually like talks to them and like he does the whole exposition thing where he right. reveals what's happening um, is um, after Isaac's death. Isaac is the PJ Byrne character. Yeah, or yeah, he's there, and they're like, "Why are you at all, all of these like crime scenes? Like, why are you following us?" And he reveals, he's like, "I'm." I'm the coroner. I'm taking care of the dead bodies. And this movie, I, I mean, this is a movie that totally understands what the audience wants mm-hmm. of all of these movies. They know that we want more Bloodworth, and so he's he's in it in spades. And then uh, blood yeah. and Bloodworth, yeah. The yeah. And then the deaths are just so much goofier. Mm-hmm. There, there is no attempt at all, really, of, of doing something. Um, yeah. Uh, that's even remotely serious. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, Bloodworth, uh, in that scene, he establishes a new thing that we haven't really right. um, uh, explored yet in this in this franchise, which is that if you if you take another person's life, yeah, who's not meant to die, then it replaces your death, and you're not going to die. Right. Although, let's be clear here. Historically, the advice Bloodworth gives never works anyway. Yeah. So either he's really bad at giving advice, or he's the devil, <laughs> and he's just <laughs> and he's just like goofing with people. You know, like yeah. he just enjoys like ruining things. I think that that's funny. It's kind of like a yeah, just kind of a trickster character, like a Loki almost. Oh he's yeah, just kind of this like supernatural. Like I know I know what's gonna happen, but I'm not gonna tell you what happens. That's one thing is play if, with you, you know. If and hopefully they do make more of these movies. Uh, you know, he's he's like your Tobin Bell. You know, yeah. bring him back. He's got he's got to come back at least in a cameo or something. Yeah. yeah but um. Anyway. But. I think the thing this movie is most famous for is the final twist, mm-hmm. uh, as the because the characters keep alluding to wanting to go to Paris the entire time, mm-hmm. um, and then we, we're, they're finally after the climax of the movie they're finally gonna go, and then when we I, did, did you realize 
what was going to happen before it happened? Did you like get this feeling just by alluding to Paris that there was something? I honestly, I didn't. Yeah. And when I watched the movie again, I knew what the twist was and I knew what was going to happen at the end. But even when I watched it again, I was just kind of focused on the movie. Yeah. And when the twist happened, I was like, well, I knew that, but like that's, that did that really well, I think. Cause I didn't, I didn't realize it. No, I didn't realize that, um, what was going to happen even though they were alluding to Paris this whole time. But, um, after the, uh, after the climax scene, which by the way, the climax scene has Peter is like, yeah, Peter becomes a villainous character. Right. And he goes to try and kill, um, Sam's girlfriend who never actually died. Yes. Who was never actually meant to die in the first place. Right. Goes to try to kill her, um, kills the FBI agent instead. Yeah. Um, supposedly saves himself. Um, but then Sam kills him. Right. So Um, then Sam and his girlfriend are going to Paris as they... Right, yeah. So they're like, okay, we're finally going to all put all this behind us. Like, all of our friends died. We're just going to put it behind us. And they're finally going to Paris. And they get on this flight to Paris. And then... You see... There's a couple clues earlier on because you see the flight number. Like, it zooms in. But then, obviously, the final clue is when you see uh, Devin Sala in stock footage from the first movie going like, oh, the plane's going to crash. And they all get out. And it's it's very well incorporated when they cut between the old footage and the new footage. Like, it looks like the same movie. No, it does. It looks looks Uh, really good. And considering, I mean, this movie came more than a decade after the first Mm -hmm. one. Um, And then, yeah, the final... The final, you see the scene happen, like, the in its full glory. It's something that we never really got to see in the first movie. Right. Um, and then uh, the plane engine crushes the last guy who was left. Yeah, the last guy, <laughs> the, the the token black character of this of right. this one. Who, who Not to say I want to say every black character in a movie is token. It's just, right, kind, of, but... it's just kind of funny that... They're like, oh, we got to cap it at one. <laughs> we can't right, have more in than one. In a schlocky horror movie, movie like the like these movies, right. they're they're they they do that, whether they yeah. mean to or not, they do that. That's that's what I mean by token, I guess. Right, but right. anyway, but yeah, it's funny because he he um he accidentally kills someone else. Yeah. Um. So he's like, he so thinks like, that he cheated death. Right. So it's like, oh, I saved him. Right. So he's like the last guy alive, and he's like down he's, in this bar, or whatever, and he's like kind of like yeah, just kind of grieving, kind of just sad, and he's like whatever, like I'm like I don't really feel good about everything, and he's talking to some guy. And then all of a sudden... He this, just gets crushed gets by crushed the plane motor. By the plane motor. Which yeah. cr- falls on him. We get this three... Like, it comes to the screen, and then we cut to this montage of just, like, all of the deaths from all mm. of the previous movies, accompanied by ACDC's If You Want Blood, uh, which is amazing. It is. Uh, and then it ends on this great little slow-mo shot of Bloodworth kind of slowly walking away from the camera. Yeah. Uh, and then goes to the credits, and it's beautiful. It's one of those things, like, if this is where the franchise has to end, I'm totally fine with it. But... Please go on forever. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Please make more. It's a very, it is a very satisfying ending, and it's yeah, it's, it's the thing where like they, um, they meant for that to be. I mean, they meant for that to really be the final movie because they, right. um, the director of this movie, who is different from, he, he didn't direct any of the other movies. This is uh, Stephen Quayle, mm-hmm. who directed this movie. Um, and he talked about how they kind of, you know, how you have like the circle of life thing. Where yeah. They kind of have this circle of death thing. Right. Where you think it's. Um, you think this movie comes after the fourth movie, but it's revealed that it's actually prequel. It yeah. actually ends where the first movie began. Yeah, and um, so it kind of brings everything kind of full circle. Right, right. Um, and it kind of wraps everything up very nicely, which is clever. You know, it, it is, is clever. Is, yeah, it, and again, it, it is a good ending. It, it ends it in a good way, but I would uh, definitely. 
I would 100 percent see more of these. Oh, for Because sure. it's like for these sure. movies, the story's good, but we're really just here to see people die mm-hmm. <laughs> horribly out of like weird circumstances. Yep. Um, uh, and that's because that's something very specific to these movies. Like we never have. Do we don't have any other franchises that have I think fully ripped off the people just died due to just weird circumstances. Yeah. These Rube Goldberg machines of stuff. Like, uh, and so that's just a fun thing. Like it's more fun than I think. Michael Myers stabbing a guy. It's kind of a niche <laughs> thing where it's like, yeah, you get these, you get these like typical what's referred to by um, some of the producers of these movies as um, I can't remember what they exactly called it, but just like teen death movies. Yeah, where you get these horror movies where it's a group of teenagers and yeah. they die from something. Right. Whatever. And in this case, the 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 killer or the, whatever the the slasher in this in this series is death himself. Yeah. Or itself, I guess. Um. Did you have anything else to say about five? Um, I don't, I don't believe I did. Um, it's, oh no, it was a great movie. Um, I liked the opening credits for this movie, mm, um, yeah. because it had, um, all these different objects that you see featured in other deaths throughout this movie right. crashing through the screen, like through the credits. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was a really cool, uh, opening like credit scene. Yeah. That's really fun. Um, because it's, it's kind of, it's just like the objects we already relate to the deaths. Mm-hmm. Like there's this confidence and we know what we make you think of when you yeah. see these. Um, another uh, real quick. There's a, a character named Olivia in this in this movie who gets who dies, um, and she gets she dies from laser eye surgery. Yeah, already something that sounds terrifying. Just right. laser eye surgery because you're stuck like, there. Like, right, and yeah. I feel like it's a thing that like anybody who has done it or has to do it is already terrified of because it's literally a laser. Yeah, like going into your eye to like you know fix your like eyesight or you know whatever it's used for. Um, but yeah, but then she dies from what happens with her is that she gets she her head is like secured and her eye is like pried open and um, something goes wrong. The laser goes off before it's meant to and it cuts her eye open and yeah. she tries to block it and it cuts her hand open. Yeah, she finally frees herself right as the other characters are, like coming through to help her and she stumbles through the window, falls out the window. Right. And then uh, goes down to the ground. And what's great about this is there's a shot where she, when she splats down to the ground, her eye pops out and rolls out. <laughs> right, right. Um, See, that's a great eye death. That's a great death. Final Destination 4. Yeah. Um, um, I also noticed that it was alluded to because um, while that's happening, when he start, when he like straps her into the machine, she's holding this teddy bear and she accidentally tears its eye out. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even think about that. Before she dies, yeah. Um, that, was a, that was another death where I feel like that kind of... Um, a little bit more disturbing just because, and that's another thing where people kind of are already afraid of like laser eyes or like a laser going into your eye. And this yeah. one, it actually goes wrong and you see the laser going into your eye. I was like, like kind of tense this whole, that whole scene. Right. Because I like, love a movie that just like cheaply plays on mainstream fears. Yeah. The, another reason why it'd be so much fun to watch with other people. Cause we're all just kind of scared of that idea. Oh, Cause yeah, that can just sure. happen. Um, sure. and, uh, I also realize, um, there are three characters in this movie that I think are named after horror directors. Okay. Um, Miles Fisher plays Peter Friedkin, who I think is named after William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist. Okay. Uh, Ellen Rowe as Candace Hooper, who I think could be a reference to Toby Hooper, who did uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist, Poltergeist yeah. uh, those movies. And then um, uh, Jacqueline Wood plays Olivia Castle, which I think is a reference to uh, William Castle, the old uh, okay. uh, filmmaker back in the day. That's just my... That's just my two cents um maybe yeah. maybe it'd be really funny if none of that was intended and i'm just yeah and i just be a thing they're looking into um i don't know for for most of these other um like for all the actors in the rest of the movies I, they don't like they're kind of just like their own like 
person. I feel like I don't feel like they don't really have any resemblance to anyone, mm-hmm. um, with the exception of um, from the third movie, the Ian McKinley guy who becomes like our villainous character. Yeah. He. He, the way he plays his character and the way he dresses and the way he acts is a uh, very striking resemblance to JD from Heather. Heather's. I was thinking you were going to say that. I was thinking like young Christian Slater. Was he, looks into like, he looked like that yeah. and he, the way he acted was very much the same as that character. That could have 100% been an inspiration. I, I think it was. Because he's being a villainous, a he's a villainous teenager at the end yeah, of the movie. Exactly. He's essentially becoming a terrorist, which mm-hmm. is what JD was and others. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no. But other than, other than that, the only other resemblance I noticed was that Peter in the five, fifth movie mm-hmm. looks like a combination of Dave Franco and Tom Cruise. <laughs> I noticed that's, that. No, that's cause, true. Because at first I was like, he kind of looks like Dave Franco, but then the way he was acting in the movie, I was like, his manic kind of like performance throughout yeah. the movie kind of reminded me of Tom Cruise. It's too. that Hollywood manufactured handsome dark haired man. Exactly. Just gives you a weird Tom Cruise, Dave Franco yeah, <laughs> hybrid. A hybrid thing, yeah. So, but, yeah. finally, as we wrap up, what's your ranking of all of these movies from favorite to least favorite? Um, so, it was hard for me to do this because the first one, I, I really, I really love the first one. Again, it's like a. I, to me, it's like a modern classic, and it's a great introduction to the rest of the series. Yeah. But I think I'd probably go Final Destination 5 as my number one. Mm. Um, and then the first Final Destination... Oh, no, no. Actually, I'm going to go with number two. Mm. Because, like you said before, it takes everything that people love from the first one and kind of... Uh, and, like ramped it up to another level as yeah. far as like the deaths go and they kind of went all in as far as like okay focusing more on the deaths than the actual characters of the plot right whatever. yeah um so i think i'll go with that one um and then the first one and then final destination three and then of course the last one is the final destination or number four mine is exactly the same as yours i think yeah yeah okay. uh, um I, I mean yeah four is bad but you could still marathon all these movies with your oh, friends yeah. i think it's fun it's no, I would, had, I would, speaking I of somebody who did it we watched it in like two separate days we just watched all these movies yeah um and it, yeah they're great party films um you could revisit them you know mm-hmm. they're they're <laughs> they're they're very easy to watch i think they if are. you're if you're as sick and twisted as we are right obviously. for us people who are, who are huge fans of saw and right this definitely isn't like torture porn the way saw is no, it's not. for the most part you don't see people suffer in these movies not it's really. just very like clean gory deaths uh and so yeah it's a whole lot of fun this is like populist filmmaking i think at its best in america yeah. trashy uh long-running franchises this is one of the top uh yeah top with, franchises I think. with to be fair one of the shorter horror movie franchises with only five movies as compared right. to saw's eight or nine saw is on eight, eight going on nine uh, you know, Freddy's got... Freddy's got, like, eight, nine if you include Freddy versus... Yeah. Jay, or eight if you include Freddy versus... The Friday the 13th movies, there's, like, 11, 11 of yeah. them. Yeah, so... So many other movies. It's a clean... It gets in, it gets out, even though we would like there to be more. Uh, yeah. We have this wonderful treasury of five films to look back on. Exactly. Uh, get them all on Blu-ray, watch them a hundred times, uh, and uh, maybe we can convince them to make more, you know? Hopefully we can. Uh, Hopefully but we can. I appreciate you doing this with me, Brayden. Yeah. I, um... Of course. I... I can't think of anybody else who would be uh, a sucker enough to, <laughs> to, to spend this much time talking about the final estate. Talking about trashing movies. But not, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm, Is there anything you want to say before we wrap up? Um, I just, well, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on again to uh, do another podcast. Um, I, I, I am very much um, okay with having this tradition of talking about uh, <laughs> schlocky horror movie franchises yeah. um, every Halloween. Um, Next Halloween, Puppet Master. I'm Puppet calling Master. it now. Oh boy! All right. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, no, we should definitely cover Leprechaun. Yep, yep. God um, willing, we will do. St. We will. Day. We will do Leprechaun this coming St. Patty's Day. Um, but um, before then, ha- happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of We Are Movies. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my friend Brayden for coming on for a super long, epic, sloppy episode. These are the best to do, and I'm very happy to put it out to you on Halloween Day. I hope everyone has a very happy and very safe Halloween, and always, uh, if you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at We Are Movies Pod. You can like the Facebook page, We Are Movies. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at Johnny Mockney, J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-O-C-N-Y. That is all for you today. As I said, have a very safe, very happy Halloween. And if you decide not to be safe and not to wear a mask, um, then, you know, death doesn't like to be cheated. (laughs) That sounded like a threat. I'm sorry.